Three, two, one. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Real Team Podcast. I am your host, Blaine Ward. We did it. We're back. It's the end of the year. I'm so proud of all of you for making it to the end of the year. Um, but with the end of the year comes uh, the beloved, the long-awaited, the most anticipated, the end of the year pod, where I grab uh, my guests who have been on in the past year, and we talk about uh, what we enjoyed from uh, 2023 and uh, the selection they had to offer. So... With me, as always, making her third appearance on the pod, my sister, Sydney. Sydney, how are you? Good. Good. It's good to have you back on the pod. Um, Sydney and I are going to show everyone how this works, uh, what we do here for the end of the year pod. So uh, what we normally do is I ask about uh, a favorite movie of the year, and then I ask for a wild card. It's going to be someone you love, someone you hated, maybe something underrated. Now, Sydney, I'm going to start with you first. Uh, Out of the movies that came out last year, what was your favorite? Um, I really liked Wonka. Wonka, I liked how it was not Charlie's story, it was Wonka's story. I liked that, and I liked that it was a musical that had good music. I thought the music was very charming. Um, are you a Timothy Chalamet fan at all, or do you not have an opinion? Okay, that's good. (laughs) We need more to, um, his resume. Yeah, I wasn't sure how to feel about it based on the trailers, um, but it was super cute. Uh, I loved the music. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a very charming, uh, movie, and- uh, that just turned out a lot better than I thought it was going to. And it's from the director in the Paddington movies, which is helpful. So, you know, I was already primed to enjoy it. But you're not a chocolate fan, right, Sid? You don't like chocolate? No. So I would... only like white chocolate and stuff oh. in it. Okay, so with all the chocolate like in the movie, that didn't do anything for you? No, but it looked good. It did look good. What is your favorite? Uh, So my favorite of the year is most likely... Uh, I mean, I really enjoyed Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon, both three-hour-long auteurist offerings that um, I just thoroughly enjoyed. I thought it meant a lot. But uh, a lot of people on this pod are going to be talking about them. So I'm going to use my platform here, and I'm going to talk about uh, All of Us Strangers. So All of Us Strangers is a movie about um, this young man who lives in an apartment that seems to be mostly empty, aside from uh, this other guy who uh, they quickly become fast friends and they form a relationship. Um, But then the young man also finds, uh, it's not really clear how this happens, but he's able to communicate to his parents who passed away when he was a kid. So um, the movie mostly consists of him trying to work through his childhood and his grief about losing his parents. It made me cry in a theater and uh, I have to apologize to my Uber driver because I was uh, sobbing in the backseat after this ended. I thought it was a really lovely piece of work um, that absolutely wrecked me. So that's probably my uh, one of my favorites from this year. All right. Now, Sid, you have a wild card. This can be somebody you love, somebody you hated, maybe something underrated. What do you have for your wild card? I am going to surprise you. Oh, okay. And something that I did not like. Okay. All right. What's your hot take? I don't like Barbie. Okay, explain it. Why? I don't like... The only song I like in it is I'm Just Ken. Uh Uh-huh. In Dance Tonight. Yeah. But I just looked too fake. It just looked too fake? But that was the point. I know, but it's more entertaining when it's like... Looks like a real person. The houses look real. I just just like that more. So you couldn't connect to that? You didn't like the jokes? No. 
they were kind of inappropriate. <laughs> Maybe it's not for you. I mean, you know, I I I I don't necessarily blame you. It may it might be for a slightly older audience. Um, I didn't really get it. Yeah. But then I searched it up, and started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> what you looked up hidden meanings of the Barbie movie, or just looked up like what do you the mean? The last the last phrase. Uh huh. Yeah, when she wants to visit the gynecologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was weird. That was amazing. Um, hey, you know what? That's okay. We can't all uh, enjoy things. Um, and it's okay that you didn't feel but that But I way. like the people in it. Yeah, the absolutely. Yeah, everyone did a great job. Um, and listen, I'm just Ken. Song of the Summer. Everyone loved it. Um, <laughs> so, Blaine, what is your wild card? My wild card. Great question. You know, my wild card, I'm going to go with... This movie is a bit of a spooky one. Uh, it's called Talk to Me, right? And it's about this kind of magic hand that if people grab it, they become possessed by, like, you know, dead people. Um, and this was yeah. some of the most creative filmmaking I saw all year, um, from the camera work to how bleak the story gets. Um, I was kind of in awe um, by how scary it was. Normally, I'm not scared when watching horror movies, but this was certainly one to do it. And it has hands down the best ending of the year. Um I was frozen to my seat in awe and excitement. Uh, I can't wait to see what the directors do next. And apparently the directors got their start on YouTube, which is super cool. Um, it does not, like, their their videos seem a lot more similar to, like, a Logan Paul, like, Dude Perfect Ooh. kind of energy where they're very rambunctious. You cannot tell that by watching um, this movie. But I thought the performances were excellent. I thought the camera work was, like, mind-blowing. And even though the story might be familiar, uh, just the way it's told, I thought was uh, really well handled. Um, well, Sydney, thank you for doing this. And Anytime. now we are going to send you to the rest of the answers. We'll see you. All right. I'm here with Nico. Nico, you opened the year 2023 with me. We did an episode on, uh, Mithrigan playing, uh, there was another, oh, Missing. That was the other January movie in there. Um, yes, su- yes. Su- surprisingly good January, uh, that we had, um, I was looking at the movies that we have coming up this January. Not as strong. Not as strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Nico, we are at the end of the year, and uh, the people are curious. The people are clamoring. Um, we I know. What would you say your favorite movie of 2023 was? Yeah, uh, before I get into that, I don't think we're ever going to do January as strong as Mithrigan until yeah. we can get that sequel. Um, That's that right. movie just completely blew the expectations out of the water for what 2023 was supposed to be that's and right i i think we just need to take a little bit of time and like just thank that movie thank <laughs> the directors of that movie amen just amen. for like what they did so we can have the 2023 that we ended up having you're so right you're so right i completely yeah. agree um but yeah favorite movies there are uh, quite a few like just strong movies that came out um Unfortunately, my most watched movie of the year was Avatar 2. I watched that four times in 2023. I love that. Which I don't think it's enough, but, you know, it's I a 2022 agree. movie. Um, I had a couple of movies that I really enjoyed, uh, particularly was uh, Past Lives, A24 classic. Uh, Past Lives was something I watched with my now girlfriend at the time. Um and this is her introduction to A24, and we both came away just sobbing. Yeah. It was a beautiful story that is being told, a story of pain, a story of love, a story of loss. 
But I thought that movie was beautiful. I thought it was definitely a movie of the year contender. Uh, my number one for 2023 on Metabox is still John Wick 4. I love um, it. I, I am trying and trying and trying to convince my girlfriend to watch the John Wick series with me. Yeah. Uh, we're working on it. It's how I know that that relationship is serious mm-hmm. is when we can finally sit down, watch all four, and get them out. Uh, John Wick 4 was perfection mm-hmm. when it comes to action movies. It was a catalyst for a spinoff TV show. Mm-hmm. It was a catalyst for a confusing ending with a John Wick 5 potentially <laughs> in the works. Uh, nobody really knows what's really happening We still there. don't know. Yeah, we still have no I don't, idea. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think the actors or the directors know what's going on there. <laughs> the studio's begging for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved John Wick 5. Completely opposite for the reasons of past, or John Wick 4. Completely opposite for the reason of past lives. It was very similar of just a fun story and a heartfelt story. Mm-hmm. But instead of... Uh, having serious tones this movie kind of just took itself and like, allowed it to be goofy yeah allowed the john wick series that at times sometimes felt like it took itself too seriously mm-hmm. to really uh, more greatly explore that universe mm-hmm. as well as just like have a little bit of comedic time and have a 15 minute scene of john wick trying to go up some damn stairs and sick. getting knocked over 100 times and it's getting back up and going up the stairs i was talking about that this this morning when i was getting prepared for this podcast yeah. shoot of just like that scene was awesome and then you look at all the scenes you got scars guard in there you got the wheel uh, the dual scene at the end and just the beauty of things uh like central europe it, the whole movie was just beautifully shot super fun didn't take itself too seriously and it was all around one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I, it's very interesting how, um, you know, I, I, I always tend to, like, hone in on interviews before um, checking out a movie. Or even after a movie, I go to, like, director mm-hmm. interviews just to see what they're going for. And every now and then, there's, like, a little thing I'm starting to notice called director bullshit, where they're like, all right, you know, they, like, the Marvel movies have done this, where it's like, oh, Winter Soldier, political thriller, Ant-Man, a heist movie. And there's certainly elements of that. But um, mm-hmm. I was listening to an interview with the director, Chad Stahelski, and he was like, this is my David Lee movie. This is my three-hour epic and the movie literally opens with like a desert chase scene, and I was like, "He's right, he's right, he's right." This is it. If this is the last John Wick movie, which I'm not entirely opposed to, they could cap it off here, and I feel like I'd be I'd be satisfied. happy with that as well. But it really feels like they went all out for it in just a way where it's mm-hmm. like, "Listen, if this is the last time, we're going to put everything we have into here." And sure, it's lengthy, but I was so entertained. Um, and especially the last like hour of the movie, where it's that Paris kind of showdown. I, oh like that's just, it, it's some of the best action filmmaking I've ever seen. I was like, it was, I mean, that scene when they're downstairs in the catacombs and they're just in that boat, they're getting there. He's putting on a new suit. They're getting prepared for the final showdown, the penultimate yeah. moment of four movies, 10 years of John Wick. And we're just getting ready. It was beautifully shot. It was shot like it was a like best cinematography movie. Yeah, the like, fact that these movies are getting snubbed here? by the Oscars, especially just give them a stunt category, you know, for this and Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. it's like, come on, like, we really gotta I, lock this in. I agree, and you'll be hearing more about my Mission Impossible thoughts in the wild card segment. <laughs> um, 
and great transition then. Um, so you have a wild yeah. card, and it's gonna be somebody you love, somebody you hated, something underrated. Nico, give it to me. Uh, we gotta go. I mean, we gotta shout out just this summer of stupidity. Mm-hmm. We had Mission Impossible, which is just the greatest franchise of all time. We had Amen. the Fast and Furious. 10, which is just the greatest franchise of all time. <laughs> we have Indiana Jones, which is just a dog water movie, but the greatest franchise of all time. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a fun summer, looking back at that. Sure. Right. The, the reviews, the ratings, who cares? Fast and Furious 10 was a bad movie, but it was fun as shit. Mm-hmm. It's fun, it's racing, it's stupid, it's flying somehow in a car. It's such a goofy-ass movie, and it was one of my favorite movies to watch. Same goes with Mission Impossible. I've seen uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1 three times in the theaters because it was a good time. The series starts horribly. In the middle of the series is awesome. And then we hear not great reviews, but the movie was fun. And I think that's what it meant, is meant to be. You got your train scene. You got your uh, bike scene. You have all of that stuff. You have some incredible characters in the Mission Impossible series and that can be continued to explore and explore. And you can make movie after movie of these characters um, and you can never really grow tired of them. It's awesome what they've done with that franchise. I'm so excited for the next ones. Um, and lastly, I wanted to shout out uh, my biggest wild card, most random movie is a movie called N- Nimona. I don't oh, know sure, yeah, Nimona. Yeah, the Netflix Nimona. animated movie. Absolutely. Yes, the Netflix animated movie. Probably one of my favorite movies of the year, like, entirely. And I have a lot of people have probably never heard of it. Um, beautiful story, uh, like, beautiful coming-of-age story, figuring out if you're a bad guy, if you're a good guy, putting all those pieces together. Um, and also just, like, what it means to, like, help, what it means to be a part of a team what it means to like have a little bit of self-sacrifice and uh, just be a good person. And I, and it was beautifully animated. It reminds me of last season's um, Apollo 10 and a half. Sure, or something yeah. fun like that. Just a fun movie, an a- animated movie that's not made by one of the big companies that is just good and has a good heart, has a good story to tell. Uh, and yeah, that was one of my all-time favorite movies of the year it came out of nowhere it went back into nowhere afterwards and i just loved it and i can't wait to watch that again whenever i do yeah the crazy thing about nimona was that disney originally uh like produced it and i think they were working on it until it got like scrapped and i think netflix you know i'm not i'm not uh big on netflix right now but this is a definite positive that they had this year they picked it up and they finished it and they mm-hmm. released it they're like all right this is a story worth telling like there's a reason for this um yeah mm-hmm. i completely agree i was kind of blown away by um how good it turned out to be i thought you know thematically razor tight um shockingly relevant to our times um just yeah. in terms of like you know acceptance and uh you know kind of um and distrust of government uh also um a nice thematic tie-in uh but you know i i i was very impressed just great vocal performances great animation frequently funny the I animation was beautiful yeah really uh, really new like just it, a random right. studio random film and just felt fresh. really fun really mm-hmm. fun yeah yeah no, i completely agree um awesome well uh nico thank you for the picks we'll be sure to have you back on the pod in the new year for sure i look forward to it i'm excited to get my oscar picks on and 
<laughs> I'll watch every single movie that comes out. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be competitive. All right, I'm here with AJ. AJ uh, was on the very first or, first or second episode of uh, 2023. We're talking about Babylon, which is still good, and it ages better every day. The Babylon Hive is, is real. Um, is we exist. We're out here. Lovely. Yeah. Um, and then we also did a uh, most anticipated list of movies we were excited for in the new year. A list that aged badly because we didn't get Dune this year. And that hurts my heart because I had that at number one. And uh, Absolutely devastating. I think that was the probably the biggest loss from everything that's happened this year. Yeah, so I was going to say. Missing out on Dune 2. I, I got that news when I was at work and I was like visibly depressed. I was like... My day has been ruined. <laughs> I want Dune back in my life. Thankfully, we'll get it in two months, but that's too long. Um, yeah. me finding our time until then. But until then, uh, we're at the end of the year, um, and it's time, AJ, uh, the people want to know. Um, what would you say your favorite movie in 2023 was? Tough. I think it's been such a good year for movies, and I know it might be the obvious pick, but I just I cannot give enough love to the... I just saw it again the other day is Oppenheimer. Hell yeah. I think just the absolute ensemble of that cast. Every time I watch it, I just, just enamors me how like incredible the cast is, how well everything is thought out. And it makes me feel like I'm reading like devil in the white city. There's just so much detail Mm -hmm. in the film, like weird little name drops and like history colliding that just makes you wonder like, how how all this like actually happened fantastic film so hard to pick among so many great films that came out this year absolutely uh did you get the chance to see it in 70 millimeter imax i did i did get to see it hell yeah fully blown up and it was magnificent i was like blown away it was one of the, i'd never seen 70 70 millimeter imax before and i was like okay oh, yeah, no. i'm sure this will be cool and then it starts and i'm like oh. i was like looking up in fear and awe and i was like this is it this is what it's all about um i drove out of my way just to do it i was yeah like, i did a road I'm, trip I'm a day out of it absolutely went to indy for it it was fantastic hell yeah dude that's what it's all about um yeah, Oppenheimer, tremendous movie. I mean, I, I've I've said too much about it um, multiple times, but man, like what a, what a knockout. Um, do you think uh, my 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 question for you? Do you think this is going to sweep the Oscars, or do you think uh, it's going to be I, I, a mix? I think no one's got director. I think no one's got director. For it. I think he has director. I don't see it sweeping. I think there's too many good movies that are yeah. gonna like contend for a lot of different things mm. obviously barbie's the big one that's going to be the big kind of head-to-head but yeah i mean killers of flower moons out there too yeah that we have to contend with and heavy competition i, I mean i mean you got all the ones just below that too i mean yeah we got napoleon it's... and <laughs> like i just <laughs> crazy it's just absolutely. been a crazy year absolutely um so in this crazy year, you also have a wild card. It's going to be something you love, something you hate, and maybe something underrated. AJ, what's your wild card this year? Ooh. Okay. You know, it probably is the close runner-up to second place, is the second installment in the Spiders. I love it. Films. I love it. It's Across the Spider-Verse was, oh, Jeff's kiss. It was perfect. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I wish I could have seen it on the full big screen. But even watching it at home, it was, it was everything I wanted from it. And I cannot wait for the final. final yeah, show. like 20 minutes in, I was like, this is a five-star movie. Like, I, I was like, it doesn't matter what happens next. Like, that opening prologue in Spider-Gwen's world where, like, the watercolors are, like, melting in the background. I was like, this is it. We peaked as an art form. Like, you can show me whatever you've got for the next two hours and I'll be locked in. Um and thankfully, the rest of the two hours lived up to the hype. But oh yeah, yeah they said it couldn't be done. That first Spider Verse was such a revelation, and everyone's like, I mean, you know, a sequel is expected, but it's like, can you, you know, can you at the very least meet what came before? And this absolutely did. Um, right, and I like and li- listening to other podcasts and like interviews with the animators and how like they're changing the way things are animated just for like the sake of style yeah. in that film is incredible and just kind of seeing how there's blowing it away yeah and i think like the spider-verse you know it's not only is it a landmark movie but i feel like it's also a landmark moment for animation where because of spider-verse's success we're getting things like tmnt we're getting things like nimona like we're getting interesting art style that's not just like the disney 3d you know character models that we're all used to and it's good like it's good to have variety um i think audiences are uh audiences want that sort of thing um now who knows when we're gonna get spider-verse 3 uh it might never happen um but you know I, here's hoping it comes out in the next two or three years um i'm All sure right. they got a long road ahead of them but man what a movie what a movie fantastic absolutely um well aj thank you so much for doing this and we'll be sure to have you on in the new year awesome all right, I'm here with Brent. Brent, this year we did a Scorsese retrospective. We did uh, a Mission Impossible crossover with your pod on Cine Rivals, and then you were also part of the panel for the Ward Awards. Be tuned for that uh, coming next February, March, whatever. I don't know, whatever. We got takes. We got takes. Um, and here we are at the end of the year. You know, a lot of movies, um, a lot of takes. Um, nine to zero. Um, when it comes to a favorite of 2023, what uh, what do you got for me? Yeah, I mean this this was uh, a season in which we all ate good, uh, to say the least. A year, and going into the award season, we're gonna we're gonna keep going, and and we've had a lot of, I mean, my films one through ten. I mean, any you know any other year they might even be higher, to say the least. But like, I I want to take the chance and kind of kind of shine more light on on the uniqueness that is of poor things. Lovely. Um, Argos Thanthamos's uh, next film and his ever you know creative mind that you just kind of want to live inside i mean it, it's almost like the b and john malkovich of of design and creative uniqueness that we have coming out there and and here we have um no better way to explain it than uh a woman's infant child is put into her her brain after she jumps off a bridge and has to live the coming of age kind of story uh told through this unique design of just bright colors and um just voyage like no other to say the least and with this a score that's very uh, haunting on its own rights and characters that come around every corner i mean william defoe is just insanely great and probably mark ruffalo gives one of his career best performances and and i know people are like turning the cheek when uh you you speak uh of high praise to mark ruffalo but i mean we've we've unfortunately had to watch him in marvel prison for 10 years sure and so i'm glad he's off the rails in this and his comedic tone was amazing um, it's easily look forward to what we have going forward, but without a doubt, I mean, this is Emma Stone's film and she brings it to life 
And it is just, uh, I, I can understand where people feel the furious jumping isn't too much of their liking. Uh, the sex is a lot in this film. Yeah. But, I mean, it just, it has a very well done comedy to it, as well as a story that I think we haven't seen too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, coming of age is, every director wants to have theirs, to say the least. I mean, we've kind of had our run of that, like with our ladybirds and um call me by your names to say you know good examples out there and here we have one that's really just more of a horror scientific uh the nature that this is but also um has some really good scenes uh some really good designs and costumes production i mean it was funny is that we're talking now in january but this this like visual effects from articles that i've been reading online very possible and that would be yeah that would be that would be really fascinating and so like i've I've been a you know a, a valid I wouldn't say season ticket holder of mm-hmm. Yargos because I haven't even seen uh, Dogtooth, yeah. I believe. But he's definitely you know he's he's a player where you know I will always go and watch, and I look I definitely look forward to his next film that comes out this year. Uh, so we'll we'll back to having that conversation um, with Emma Stone again. And so like I like this chemistry that they're building on, and and looking back at the Oscars that we just had. Um, not too long ago where the favorite was a competitor in that one as we are now like I th- I think that may stand as the actual best picture winner not Green Book like I, yeah. I think there could be years when you redo it like that's one of the best films that we've had in that year and just the landscape that we have with poor things I'm, I'm glad audiences are reaching out there I mean you don't have to like it but I in the year where we had Barbie uh, it's really nice that we get like the mental ill side of that <laughs> which is what this film uh, people joke about Sure. The letterbox reviews are amazing in this, and Absolutely. I couldn't be more more happy about it. Yeah, I mean, Lanthimos is a rare filmmaker where, um, you know, you can feel him leveling up with every movie he makes. Now, whether it's better than the other one, who's to say? Um, but I don't know. Like this, really felt like he was stretching to his maximalist potential here. Um, it's maybe the best visually designed movie of the year. Like it's so stunning to look at. Um, and a bunch of different like camera lenses and locations and color palettes. Like it's truly um, um amazing to witness. Uh, I agree with you. The Emma Stone performance is unreal. Um, any awards attention that she gets is completely deserved. Um, you can very clearly track uh where she's at in her development um throughout the movie and it, it I, you can't take your eyes off her um and the combination of emma stone and lanthimos is starting to become one of our more interesting director actor pairings you know um especially after the favorite where everyone's like wow i didn't know emma stone had this in her and we're saying the same thing here I, and she's gonna be in kind of kindness next year so it's like all right you know this might be a, just a future team up that we have every couple of years um but yeah, Poor Things was incredible. Uh, a riot. Um, I'm desperately like seeking to see it again as soon as I can. Um, I thought it was amazing. Uh, all right, now you have a wild card. Uh, this going to be somebody you love, somebody you hated, maybe something underrated. Brent, what do you got? Uh, so I'm, I'm throwing you a curveball from what we just talked about, but I, I'm lo- I'm looking and like I said before, like the my top tens are my top tens. I, I enjoyed all of them, but the one that kind of really squeaked out, and I just I remember the few conversation that I had when it was released, uh, but. We've. Uh, I want to talk about the creator as my wild card. Nice. I I think this, and I know you had the 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 early you know success of being able to see it early. I've seen it keep, May, baby. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like I, the creator, I think was might have just been one of those where it was released in September while also just trying to battle like we don't have good sci-fi films these days anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what 
Gareth Edwards brought to the table with this one and the design and just the heart that he had with this and given the landscape of the genre and being very in the conversation of AI and how it's couldn't have been timed more perfectly, uh, mm-hmm. especially with strikes that have happened. But like, I, I liked what we had here and especially the visual effects and the cinematography. I thought everything about that was just beautiful to look at and stunning and being able to see this on quite possibly one of the biggest screens possible. Um, delivers one of my favorite viewing experiences of the year and wanted to be able to talk about this more while giving it the chance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on it's on Hulu. Like I know others get, might now have a time to see it. Didn't do too well in the box office. And I know some people are not convinced about John David Washington's performance. But I mean, I got to say, he he is still, you know, someone that I want to see evolve and go forward. And it has nothing to do with just the name that he he brings from being the son of Denzel. I right. I liked everything that was about this film. Uh, I had really no gripes. I thought the story, like it had an ending in the beginning. Like you didn't really have to go too much longer with the hero. I mean, once the third act, once the final act concluded, it was over to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it was just a great world to be a part of. And to this day, it's, it's better than anything Netflix could even try to do. Absolutely. Um, I mean, just the small budget and the the design, everything I liked about this one. And so if, if you're kind of looking at, the end of the year and you miss something i think this would be one to catch up on and be a part of it Absolutely. it needs that voice 100 percent. yeah in a year where um you know the the big budget blockbuster is starting to derail um a little bit just in terms of mm-hmm. scope not matching uh its budgetary restrictions um you know you have your rebel moons you have your flashes you have your aquamans where it's like it's kind of hard to buy into all this um you know it's you start feeling kind of weightless in all these sci-fi worlds. The creator is one of the most kind of grounded uses of scope. I mean, you have Greg Frazier, one of the best cinematographers working, the guy who shot Batman, the guy who shot Dune. You know, he's flexing here. Um, and Gareth Edwards, you know, and while not certainly my favorite director, uh, as far as scope goes, he's one of the best. Um, just in terms of making you feel like you're looking up at all the amazing things that these worlds have to offer. Um, the creator is certainly not going to win any like screenplay awards, uh, anytime, but you know, I appreciated the ride. Um, I thought the performances were solid. Uh, the little kid I thought was, uh, like a quiet revelation. And I just thought the third act was really exciting. You know, like there was a moment where they're like, listen, this is where we got to go. And I'm like, oh, surely they're not going to go there. And they actually go there. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm ready. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think it will go down as underrated in, the years to come um but yeah i'm definitely uh appreciated there there was i know like right after um this got released and we had all those things going on through marvel uh gareth edwards was like one of the names that was brought up about directing the next avengers phase and Mm. and kind of like he he's attaching himself to these sort of ip projects but when he is able to do um you know just the creativeness and uniqueness of his own original concepts. I, I like where that, where that brings us. 100%. 100%. Um, well, awesome. Brent, thanks for uh, doing this. We'll have you back on in the new year. Um, listen, we got, we got gladiator coming up, you know, Ridley pod, maybe. I, I mean, say less, unless there's like a, um, a saltburn too that drops, you know, sure, like, well, sure. we'll, we'll have really fun conversations for this year. And I, I can't wait. It'll be great. All right. I'm here with Chase. Chase, you have been with me for the Ward Awards, the Mission Impossible episode, the Oscars episode, the Creator episode, a Fast X episode. 
you're really running the gauntlet uh, in 2023. Um, welcome back to the pod, sir. How you doing? Thank you, sir, for having me. I'm doing good. So awesome. Always, always love coming back. Uh, well, it's that time of year, um, and everyone is uh, antsy. Everyone wants to know. Um, in the year of our Lord, 2023, uh, what would you say your favorite movie that you saw that year was? Um, I I think I'm gonna have to go with Oppenheimer. Nice. I know it's a it's a shocker. Yeah. At this point, you a Nolan guy? Yeah. That's crazy. Me? Yeah. Couldn't be. <laughs> What'd you like about Oppenheimer, Chase? Where do I start? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's look. Obviously, that's my favorite director. Um, but like, just th- this whole film is like a masterclass in like filmmaking. Um, and especially for a story that kind of can be taken in many ways. Um, I think it's very interesting in how it ends up and, uh, and how it betrays this like terrible, terrible act, um, of like real life. Um, you know, it's the, it's the making of the atomic bomb and the horrors that come with that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a look into Robert J. Oppenheimer's life, and it's it's just a madhouse. So it's it's crazy. I loved it. I loved every second. Um, there's so much that I feel like I can just dig my teeth in, like detail wise, into this film. Um, and there's so many great performances. I I just can't get enough of it. Obviously, so because I've I've seen it five times. So <laughs> absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of impressive. All the marketing materials for this movie was like he's gonna drop the bomb. He's actually gonna drop the bomb. <laughs> but the bomb drop happens like two hours into the three-hour movie, and it's like oh, yeah. we still got another hour left, and it like it drags you right back into the whole thing. Um, oh, yeah. even though like what you're all waiting for is like you know the second act turn basically, and it's still got and another that- hour to go. And that moment too, like, sucks the air out of your soul. I was gonna like, say that ten minute oh stretch was like maybe the most riveted I've been in theaters all year. Like I was yeah. just locked in. I was like, he's gonna do it. He's gonna drop the bomb. And even though we know, like, oh yeah, okay, well the bomb is gonna go off. Like, there's so much anxiety built into that moment because these guys didn't know. Like, it's like, okay, by the way, there's a small chance that we might end up blowing up the world. It's like, all yeah. right, no pressure. Um, yeah, unbelievable stuff. Uh, all the way around. So I'm good. hoping. I've said this before, but I'm hoping Nolan takes best director from it. I feel like if there's any I, year, I it's his year. It has to be. Yeah. I with Oscars in mind, I I've said it from from the minute we got out of the first viewing of it. Um like obviously Killian Murphy for sure, but um Robert Downey Jr. just knocked that out of the park as mm-hmm. well, in yeah. my opinion. Um that's a perfect like it's it's been a minute since I've seen a performance that like I've sat in the theater and immediately like walked out going that person just like won an Oscar mm-hmm. and that hundred percent in my opinion is is that so I'm really hoping it, we get there um, for Robert Downey Jr. for sure because um, he's he's in a category that might be a little little hard at this point tough competition against Gosling and Charles Melton but we'll see how yeah. it ends up. We'll oh. see. So um, I I I love those guys too, but I I feel like this one has to win. Uh, that's just me. Sure. Um, and then obviously Killian Murphy just just completely embodies like 
Oppenheimer in in everything that you see on screen. Like, mm-hmm. just totally dived into it, and and it's also just like totally. It it might not be a polar opposite of what we've seen from him, but like, definitely performance wise and like just different from what I've seen him. Like, just totally a different person in this, and I love that. Absolutely. So, absolutely. I'm excited for the Oscars. Um, I I could also see Best Picture, but uh but we're 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 trying to figure out if that's going to happen or or we should manage expectations if that's if that's the route we need to go. Sure. Sure. No, I hear you. Um yeah, I love Kevin Amor as well. I thought it was a tremendous achievement um in every way. Uh I thought it was yeah. a, like a near masterclass in filmmaking. Um all right, and now you have a wild card. This can be something you love, something you hated, maybe something underrated. Chase, what do you got for me? Yes, I um so this is a movie that um I remember seeing that was at Sundance. Um I didn't do the in person for Sundance, so I wasn't able to view it. Mm-hmm. Um but it ended up winning like the the top award there. Um it's called Radical. And I got to see this a couple months ago. Um, it's about this teacher. Like, this is a school on like the Mexican border. Um, not a lot of great opportunities like for these kids and stuff. They're they're in terrible like situations. And like this is kind of the this teacher played by Eugenio Derbez um, is is like the one person that tries to make this space something totally different so that they're totally out of the world that they live in. Um, and it's, it's really powerful and it's really good. Um, and it will hit you like a ton of bricks by the end of the runtime. It's, it's really, really good. So yeah, I'd heard good things about this. Everybody. I haven't seen, this is one of the rare uh, movies at the end of the year pod that I just haven't uh, gotten the chance to see, but I remember hearing rave reviews on it. Um, out of Sundance for it, and especially with your review now, uh, I think I gotta check it out. I mean, I'm always a sucker for those movies where it's like, oh, the one teacher who all the kids love, you know, that yeah. tries to make a difference. Like those are always those always hit. So, and it, it's it's definitely one of those that like does not hold back. Like it 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 hits everything. So it's it's one I definitely recommend for you and for anybody else listening too. So. Any idea where that can it's be really found? Good. Is that on any Um, I, I would imagine you can probably maybe rent it. Um, looks like, looks like, um, oh, it's still in theaters now. Well, um, okay, well I, then, I, there I gotta you get go. my ass to a theater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. in theaters now, radical people. Um, good deal. It but cool. It's really good. So I'm can't wait to see it. Um, but yeah, uh, that. We'll do it. Chase, thanks so much for doing it. Um, we'll be sure to have you on the new year. We got Dune coming out. So, you know. Yes, dude. A lot of We're expectations. Excited. Not only on that movie, but of this pod. So, oh, yeah. We got to bring it. We got to bring it. We definitely will. So, um, I'm I'm excited. Looking forward to it. All right. I'm here with Brett. Brett, you did a Muppet History episode with me. Um, one of our longest episodes of the year, I might add. Uh, in a very and, uh, dude. 
I did so much fucking research for that episode. And paint off, and paint off. Hey, um, I, I had so many notes that didn't even get mentioned, but like, I'm glad I wrote them down. Exactly, exactly. Um, so you did that, and then you also had you on as uh, we did Mission Impossible together. We did we uh, did our big collab. Yeah, exactly. We had a bunch of crossovers and many more to come in the future, I'm sure. Um, but we are looking back. We're in a time of uh, you know, reflection. And on this, uh, we have to. I ask you to reflect on uh, what would you say your favorite movie of 2023 was? All right. Well, you gave me the fair warning, and I appreciate it. So you're gonna make me tre- choose between my first two. But I gotta imagine that someone else is eventually gonna say Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It was. One of the best animated films ever. It's in this series of films that can seemingly only get better and better with each installment. Uh, the, like the unique animation, the the style, the superhero story, the like well-told coming-of-age tale for Miles Morales. All of that is great. But I wanted to spend my time talking about what I also think was like something hugely important for a comic book entity, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Yeah. And how they finally kind of like dialed in on a lot of the aspects of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that they haven't. Like, he specifically, they made them teenagers. We got to see them in their youngest iteration, I think, in any medium we've ever gotten to see the Ninja Turtles. And for something that has been, like, just being integrated into pop culture consistently for the last 45 or so years, maybe even 50 years, it's it's super refreshing to see this new unique form in this animated film with a very unique animated style that a lot of people like to say is uh, akin to Spider-Verse, but that more sketchy, deep, like less detailed style has become what is popular. Yeah. And I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved the young voice actors. I absolutely loved the voice talent that Seth mm-hmm. Rogen and Point Grey was able to c- accumulate for all the other various characters. Mm-hmm. Mondo Gecko for life. Introducing Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko yeah. was one of the hardest laughs I've had during that movie. Yeah, oh, so great. And it's just, it's a testament again to like, they were able to make this this good after all these years with this many versions of the Turtles, like... It's it's mind blowing, and I can't wait to they they got a show lined up, they got a sequel film lined up. I cannot wait to see what they got from this yeah. like whole world of turtles because Absolutely. they could like with the with the young age of their voice actors, they can theoretically do this yeah. for like forty, not forty, but like <laughs> ten more years, and sure. we could get this see this series of these turtle films like. As much as people like to like talk about how wishy-washy Michael Bay is, like those didn't work. They didn't get to keep making them. Yeah, this is something I could see getting to like be the new big series of Turtles. Like they have a lot of great TV shows, but they've never really landed a film series consistently. Mm-hmm. Even the original one, the first one's great. The second one's okay. The third one's a little out there and like (laughs) then you get to the michael bay movies then you get to like like even the tmnt animated film this one feels like it'll stick yeah i love that and i also like i mean i i read all the i'm still reading i'm in the middle of reading the uh teenage mutant ninja turtles ronin story which is like yeah yeah the opposite of what this is tone wise (laughs) but that's also what's great about the turtles is like you can span such a far range of fans because of the various tones you can bring to the various iterations 
hundred percent. Yeah, it's shocking that um in all the TMNT iterations that we've seen, nobody's really honed in on the teenage aspect of this until this movie, where it's like, all right, we're gonna cast actual teenagers, we're gonna have them all in a voice booth and have them all which, talk over each other, which is like that's what teenagers do. Decision the the decision of having them record together is like. It's wildly confused. Like, I get we're in the age of, like, the pandemic and whatever, and, like, mm. people will record their, like, voiceover for animated projects in their own houses now. But, like, to get that natural reactive tone that these kids have, this chemistry, it only could have been created with them going off of each other in the room. Yeah. If it was just them reading their specific lines and then the editor had to stitch them together, it would not have felt nearly as natural and it would not have come off nearly as sincere and not like, I think it wouldn't have touched the audiences as they did. Like they, it's an endearing version of the turtles. Absolutely. You're, and, and like, I mean, the story is great. They mm -hmm. get to learn their lesson the whole thing that they did with Superfly. Yeah. And the, they kind of like restructured the story of a lot of the mutants, but I don't care because now they're in the world mm -hmm. and they're just friends. And the tease at the end is killer. Exactly what you yeah. want if you're not going to get him in the first movie. Absolutely. So, well, and the other thing too is, uh, you know, you're remarking about the art style of it. Uh, I love how all the human characters look like ugly abominations. Like, it, it, it is such a miserable it world. It feels like those sketches you'll see in, like, kids' school notebooks yeah. where they're literally just doodling and they're not really worried about being the cool, most realistic or detailed or shiny or CGI like the Disney or the Pixar or the, even the DreamWorks stuff. That's right. It is, like, ugly. Yeah, it's it, really it ugly is, and nasty. It has, and it's it has a grit to it, yeah. which I will always appreciate in animation these days. A hundred percent. Yeah, TMNT was a great pick. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Laughed a lot. Was constantly wowed by the animation. There's that one uh, montage set to No Dignity where they're, like, going through, like, four oh, yeah. different interrogations all in, like, a single shot. And that was nuts. turtle, you see... It, it displays each turtle's individual so fighting sick. style with their different weapons yeah. all in one scene it's like it's 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 impressive and Absolutely. and people were people were skeptical when they yeah. saw that Seth Rogen was going to be the producer on a project for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles they're like oh are the they're going to just smoke weed and eat pizza <laughs> like maybe <laughs> we can't rule that out for this now simple. they're in high school anything yeah. can happen anything can happen <laughs> that's a riot um yeah, great pick. Uh, and now you have a wild card. Somebody you love, somebody you hated, maybe something underrated. What do you got? Well, it's I don't think it could possibly be underrated. And this one was a much harder decision because, like, yeah, there's I watched about 120 of these movies this year. So sure. to, to, to dial down on, like, one to specifically talk about. And I think this there's one that I would talk about that is going to be a lot of wild cards. I'm not going to mention that one. Uh, there's these awards films like Iron Claw and Maestro and Dream Scenario, all of which I, I like were genuinely surprised about. Dream Scenario is a like a really good look at cancel culture. Iron Claw is one of the best sports biopics I've ever seen because it's just like like heartbreakingly tragic throughout and just keeps punching you in the gut. <laughs> like you're literally in a, a like emotional wrestling match while watching that movie. And then Maestro. Maestro was an insane piece. Like I I do have a soft spot when it comes to like a musician biopic. Of course, this of course. It's not like your Rocket Mans or your Bohemian Rhapsody. What they did was unique. I loved Bradley Cooper's uh, directing style and all the things he brought to this movie performance-wise. Carrie Mulligan has been is is the best I've ever seen her in that. Terrific. Yeah. I'm not talking about any of these movies, Blaine. <laughs> the 
the movie I definitely felt the need to mention was one that I think I got the best. Like it was one, it was a dream come true type of experience for me because living in St. Louis, not going to school in Chicago and getting to go to all these cool premieres with That's a right. bunch of special guests. That's right. We had like at St. Louis, we don't get nearly as much of that stuff, but Sliff comes around every year. And this year I had the pleasure of getting to preview, not really preview the movie had been out, but watch <laughs> the movie, the holdovers with Paul Giamatti, Dominic Ceza. Uh, and uh, uh, Divine oh Joy Randolph. Divine Joy. I, I couldn't remember the first one. It was I could only think of Joy Randolph. <laughs> yeah, Divine Joy Randolph. All of these guys in this beautiful coming of age story about these people who are seemingly forgotten by the rest of society in the sense that they are left behind in this boarding school to like take care of each other and they're become this found family. And it was so special for me because Alexander Payne, the director, was in attendance to do a Q and A before the movie. And after the movie. So Love getting it. a extra insight in what he was thinking when making this movie, different decision-making processes. We actually had an audience that had decent questions, which could always <laughs> be a crapshoot. But like they were put, they were asking him some good stuff and some stuff like that. I got to learn about like how you would think that this was one boarding school that they shot at. It was apparently like a dozen yeah. across Massachusetts that he was shooting at. And like little things like that, the way he was shooting the winter and the snow and how beautiful that all looked. Like this movie came out of nowhere for me and was like very much easily my favorite of the award season, even though it was early and it's still standing strong in like my top five of the year. Mm -hmm. And again, getting to see it with a director who I'll admit my, I was not a huge Alexander Payne fan. I in fact had not watched any of his movies up until like a month or so before we went into this event. Uh -huh. And I powered through the majority of his films. I watched boy. sideways, uh, about Schmidt, I watched Nebraska. I watched Downsizing. I I watched uh, there's election? one more I'm forgetting. Uh, The Descendants, the Descendants George Clooney, gotcha. and I watched Election. I watched all of these movies, and I was a fan of the majority of them because of his writing style and the mm -hmm. way he's able to like, ex like I, my one of my favorite directors is Kevin Smith because I love the way how human his dialogue sounds and Alexander Payne is really good at doing that same thing. We're making these conversations feel natural between these two characters or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that comes across in all of his movies. And, and but coming back to the holdovers again, <laughs> I just found this whole found family situation and it, it being set around Christmas and me seeing it like in November. And it, it just kind of all super worked for me. And I really, really loved the movie on its own, aside from the experience. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people. Paul Giamatti gives like me one of his funniest, most emotional performances I've seen from him, and like in a career of very funny emotional performances. Yeah, he's top notch. Everyone in the cast is top notch. I yeah. rewatched this the other day. Dominic Sessa. They just found the kid who went to one of the schools that they were filming at, and it's like, all right, here you are, acting against acting titans. Hey, you got um, like a seventy-ish haircut. Let's get you in there. Yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, I, a lot of people are saying this is already a Christmas classic, and, and the vibes oh, yeah. are definitely there. It's a very... Alexander Payne didn't like that. He didn't <laughs> intend to make it a Christmas film or even like a holiday film with that. Uh -huh. Like, but it's just like he's just like that. You can't really set the idea for the film at a different time because the holdover for boarding schools it Period. happens between area, winter yeah. break because you don't get to go home till the summer because like parents are on vacation and it's like. These people, these people were all left behind in their various different ways. They Absolutely. were truly the holdovers together. And like that, I all found beautiful too.
Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, a amazing movie. Uh, it just gets better every time I see it. Absolutely. And hopefully, I mean, you know, it's going for awards. I think there's definitely a shot it wins some. Um, but yeah, if by some chance you haven't seen the holdover, it's definitely strong recommend. Um, mm -hmm. Is it on Peacock now? It's on Peacock now. Yeah, so check it out on Peacock. Or buy it, you know, like I did. Oh, that's um, true. Uh, but yeah, awesome. Well, Brent, thank you for doing this. We'll be certain to have you on uh, in the new year as always. See ya. All right, I'm here with Brendan. Uh, for those who remember, Brendan and I did an episode on Creed 3 and Scream 6, two movies that have definitely aged well uh, in this day and age. One of them, uh, Jonathan mm -hmm. Majors, Kang No More, actor No More, potentially. Uh, and then Scream, who knows if we're ever going to get another one of those. Um, but, you know, listen, we can't all be accurate, all right? <laughs> Well, it wasn't that we were accurate. It was just we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't, yeah, we didn't happen. know it was going to age. Yeah, exactly. Um, but still and a I good think, episode. I think it could work out to where they could still do Kang and it could just be uh, the variant has changed. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, they I can heard, always write around that. I heard something on Twitter that they should get uh, Terrence Howard to play Kang. I back. saw that too, and I thought that was so funny. <laughs> That'd be I 100% awesome. support that. that Absolutely. I, I Absolutely. Um, well, Brendan, we are now at the end of the year and the people are clamoring. We got to know. Um, what would you say your favorite movie in 2023 was? Oof. It's a tough question. Okay. Tough question every it's year. A tough question. Um, I I definitely didn't get to see as many movies as I wanted to this year. but So I'm going to say probably a more vanilla answer. That's I'm okay. just going to say Oppenheimer. At a point. It was definitely... And I say not even because like I think it was the best movie, but like it was the best movie theater experience, like of everything uh, this year. And I mean, I just think Christopher Nolan was like, okay, listen, <laughs> it's time. I'm just gonna take it this year. Like, give me all the Oscars. Yeah. Like, screw everybody else. Like he was. This movie, this idea was just as soon as we heard it was Christopher Nolan and an Oppenheimer story, we were like, "This was made for him." Yeah, we are. We already knew going in that it was going to be amazing, and we had high expectations, and those expectations were met, like just flat out. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people will talk about it, and so I don't, I don't have to like go into too many details or anything, but, um. But like when movies can like really put you on the edge of your seat and like you're like you can feel it like that that to me just puts you light years ahead of of everything else. Absolutely. Um, Here's the thing: that trainee sequence might have been the most like on edge I was the entire year. I mean, it was maybe that or like a yeah. impossible sequence. There's the thing: we knew how it was going to go down. We knew that bomb was going to go off, right? But there's so much tension built around. There's like a ten minute sequence of like just that night and like all the factors that are going into it. And it's like, hey, by the way, you know, sorry we didn't talk about this, but you know, there's a non-zero possibility that it could, um, you know, ignite the entire atmosphere and doom us all. And it's like, great, yeah, a lot of pressure. Yeah um don't mess this up and i just found uh the whole thing thrilling um what a great like stacked cast like every five minutes you're like is that casey Dude, like? literally like that's yeah. from the boys <laughs> like all that stuff um, that's roderick <laughs> is josh Peck gonna drop the bomb yes. um yeah i i, I thought yeah. it was a size of achievement did you see it in oh, imax my God. 
So I saw it um, in 70 millimeter. I did too. Okay, I went to and Nashville to see it. It was so good. Yeah. It was so good. It blew my mind. Yeah. It was, was like... at, um, they were playing it at, uh, was it Ronnie's I saw it at? I think? Yeah, Ronnie's had it on 70 mil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's oh, a dude. Yeah, it was. I saw actually back to back days twice. That's amazing. And, and I will say, I, I do think it is just a little bit long. Sure, but I think for the most part, it it, it moves along uh, at a good enough pace to where. And yeah, by the time like they're building this bomb and stuff, it's like you're you're invested and, and you're, you're down for it. Absolutely. Um, RDJ is amazing. Silly he's Murphy, great. he's got it. Like it's all. It's just gonna be like a clean, we almost did it. a clean sweep, problem. We did it exactly. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm hoping Nolan takes the main director by the end of the year. Uh, I mean, he deserves it at this point. Um, all right, so now you have a wild card pick. This is gonna be somebody you love, somebody you hated. Just a time to go off on uh whatever movies suit your fancy. So, Brendan, what's your wild card? Okay. So our first movie we talked about was about people building a bomb. So, so our second movie we're gonna talk about was an actual bomb. Oh. I want to talk about Indiana Jones 5. Okay, interesting. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Because I am also a part of the reason it bombed. Because I didn't go see it in ah, theaters. Ah, ah. And honestly, as a indie diehard, like that does hurt me. Mm-hmm. That I didn't go, go see Harrison on the big screen. But they released it on Disney Plus recently. I was like, okay. I'll finally get a chance to check it out. And I will say this. I think this movie came out at a wrong at the wrong time. <laughs> like, I don't think it's like perfect. Or uh-huh. It's like just drop that amazing or anything. But I actually think it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't feel like it deserved to bomb as hard as it did. And I feel like um, I think if this came out in like. 2016 or 17 when it was like movies were on the high like pretty high and i think it's all honestly probably like a disney marvel fatigue overall that indie kind of got or i guess like a sequel fatigue that indie kind of got thrown in there Mm -hmm. and i feel like it was it was like not fair to Harrison because I feel like he really cared about this project. Yeah, he did a great job. He really put a lot of invested a lot of his time and, and effort into it. And the man's like eighty years old, like he ain't getting any younger. He knows no. that. So, but I just felt like, although again, probably a little long. Uh, I think Mads Mikkelsen was a lot of fun as a villain, and as far as like the series, like we have obviously very conflicting religions and right. like aliens. So this time they were like, you know what? These movies are fun. Fuck it. Time travel. <laughs> I was so and scared. Absurd, absurd as that is like it, it. I mean, for this, just the sake of this, like it, it's fun. And I, I, it, it bothered me a little bit, but then I was like, you know what though? Like, what were they going to do? Like they've done it, the treasure <laughs> hunt thing. Like, like, let's just throw it out. Now I don't, particularly like how they kind of wrote it the ending as like um how like the fake out thing yeah like how they were i because that just drives me nuts i think i've discussed that on this podcast before about how they fake out endings like piss me off especially mm-hmm. like as of late um but i just feel like if that was the last indie entry in the series like it was a good note to end off on 
Sure. Like, I don't think, I don't know your opinion on it. I don't know your opinion on it. We didn't discuss, but I felt like it was a worthy entry in the series. And I felt like Harrison was really good. And it had all the goofs and gaffes of a good Indiana Jones film. And at the end of the day, it was about find, finding the treasure before the Nazis. That's like, right. It was just good, and it was good fun. The real treasure were the friends we made along Ooh. the way. Um, exactly. I Listen, I didn't hate it. Um, you know, I I, I, I agree with you. I, I think there was a wrong time for it. I just don't know how many people in 2023 are, like, clamoring for a, a final Indiana Jones installment. Um, I agree with you. I think Harrison Ford was uh, really great. Like, you can tell he actually uh, gave a shit about what was going down. Um yeah, I, I, my, my, I guess my only issue was I just thought it was fine. Like I, I think Indiana Jones movies really thrive on like their set pieces and their action sequences, and I never felt like mm-hmm. this movie had any like super memorable action beats. Um, you know, they they had a moment like that opening twenty minute stretch there on the train. I had just seen Mission Impossible the day before, which like kind of ate its lunch. Oh. Uh... Train-related yeah. action sequences go, and I was like, "Listen, I'm sorry, Harrison. I love yeah. you." Yeah, that's probably not. But yeah. you're not Tom Green. Yeah. Um, but the so the other thing too is, uh, I was so scared going into it because I had heard that the Dial of Destiny was like a time travel device, and we've been in an age recently where like we're starting to go back to events in previous movies and like look upon them with nostalgia. And I was like, I swear to God, if we go back to Raiders or Last Crusade. And like yeah. interact with those events, I'm going to lose my mind, and this is going to get like the half star on Letterbox. Like I, I, there is nothing more <laughs> I I would like hate in this world than that. And when he's like, "We're not going back to 1959," and they drop in during the Battle of Syracuse, I was like, "This is awesome! I love this." Yeah, um, it was silly, and you know, I, I yeah, I, that was, it was silly. That was the only like engaging spark that I had in that entire movie. I'm like, oh, I actually don't know, like what to expect from here on out um i do think it kind of biffed the ending i would i wish uh harrison like stayed behind um in history i feel like that would have been poetic instead of him getting knocked out or at least have him like make the decision at the end of the movie instead of getting knocked out by the chick um but i don't know i i I didn't hate it i i you know a lot of people are trying to figure out whether this is better or worse than crystal skull crystal skull just makes me angry and this didn't make me angry i was just like okay so I honestly, I was thinking about that too, and I, I don't, I'm not sure because I have a little nostalgia for Crystal Skull, but at the same time, like I know how stupid it is. Yeah. But again, like I think, I mean, Temple of Doom is so much fun. What I like Temple time, of Doom. Yeah, the Temple of Doom defender. But this dude like is ripping people's hearts out. Yeah. I mean that's silly too. Yeah, but, like, exactly. We don't, ignore, we don't like talk about that. Well, I guess we do talk about it, but <laughs> you know, I, I think. With Indiana Jones, it's like there's the treasure hunt, and then there's that little like line under where it's like there's like the historical aspect, I guess, and then there's like a little bit of magic. Yeah, some weird like, shit. Yeah, exactly. Silliness that can happen at the yeah. same time. I agree. So it didn't bother me too much. I just thought it was a fun film, not like a masterpiece or anything. Like this isn't better than any of the other ones. I was just like. I figured nobody else would talk. Has anybody else talked about no, it? No, 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 no. You, you're okay. as of right I now. I wanted to be the, the indie person. <laughs> I'll <laughs> make sure you have it slotted. I'll, 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 anytime someone else brings indie, I'll be like, nope, nope, bring it up. <laughs> bring it up. Yeah. It's taken. It's taken. Uh, but hell yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, Brendan, thanks for doing this. And we got to have you back on the new year. It's been, this pod has spent too long without your soothing tones. I know. I'm waiting for Batman or I'm waiting for something. 
Yeah. What are we gonna when, do next? When's Batman Two coming out? That's twenty twenty five, right? Uh, Lord. Oh God, is it that low? Is this pod still gonna be oh. here in twenty twenty five? These are the questions <laughs> that one has to reckon with. But we'll, we'll, have we'll you find on. something. Yeah, we'll have well, you back. Dude, last movie we did that was good, right? I mean, yeah, I liked we, Green we and Scream. One. Yeah, so we gotta do a bad one. Uh yeah, I think so. So uh, Argyle, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. He's so already got fingered. Oh no. <laughs> I will make you me. Do That'll this be the last day. episode of the pod. That'll be the last episode of the pod. When I'm like, it's time to terminate uh, my artistic achievements <laughs> here. I, I, that'll be it. That'll be the one, and I'll nuke it off. But yeah. anywho, all right. I'm here with Zach. Uh, we both did an episode on John Wick Chapter Four, the maybe conclusion to the series. We still don't know. We might never know. Um, but, you know, uh, I feel like it was a good conversation that we had. Uh, and here we are at the end of the year. Zach, I got to ask you, um, in 2023, what was your favorite movie that you saw this year? Well, after doing a lot of thinking. Much pondering. It goes back. Yeah. The Super Smash Bros. The Subspace. Oh, my gosh. Once oh, again, no. the greatest movie <laughs> of the year. I've been pranked. Yep. Um, I will not have this agenda on my podcast. Yep, the four-hour YouTube uh-huh. uh, extravaganza <laughs> that is the Brawl Stars story. Uh, the I'm sorry, Smash Bros. Brawl storyline. Sure, uh, no, I that. understand. Um, yeah, it was very good. But uh-huh. in all seriousness, number one movie of the year for me that came out in 2023 is John Wick Chapter Four. Great job, everybody! Bravo! Thank you, Lionsgate, you for know, all your hard work. We already did a whole podcast <laughs> about John Wick, so I don't feel really the need to go super in depth. But yeah, over, like overall, I loved uh, like pretty much all the action movies um, I saw this year. There was a lot of good ones in um, Mission Impossible, and then uh, other movies that I've seen for the first time, even though they might not have come out in twenty. 20- 2023 but i think i'm realizing i'm just an action movie guy at yeah. this point hey you know? it's, it's good to embrace it it's good to embrace yeah. it um um spider-verse also a great movie love that that was uh right below uh john wick but man dude it's hard to beat uh john wick david uh david lynch is that the director no 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 uh chad sahelski chad, chad chad yeah okay yeah chad sales yeah um, he's the goat. He's the goat. He is the goat. I listened to the podcast he did with Joe Rogan, and honestly, mm-hmm. fascinating. The, yeah, uh, like just the head behind, like coming up with movies like John Wick. You got to be a little nuts, a little nuts in the head. But he really pulled it off with these four movies. If it ends there, I'm fine. They can walk good. away, and I'd be just fine. Have you watched the TV show? No, mm-hmm. I heard it was bad. Really. Yeah, well, it also had Mel Gibson <laughs> in it, and I'm like, I, that sounds weird. Um, but I, I, I heard it was wasn't good. Um, is it Chad that directs that? No, okay. so that's why I didn't watch it. <laughs> I was like, if it's not Chad, I don't care. I know Chad's doing a Ghost of Tsushima movie, apparently. Um, that could be rad. I'd watch that. I'd watch uh, it. I'd but watch it. anything awesome. Chad puts out, I'll watch. Sure. No, I understand. Uh, all right. So that's a good favorite. Um, and then. For a wild card, this can be somebody you love, somebody you hated. Uh, Zach, what's your wild card for me? Wild card 2023. Yeah. Goes to the Five Nights at Freddy's movies. Uh-huh. Woo! Woo-hoo! 
Matt Pat cameo. That was good. That was good. It was it was insane. Yeah, you can tell how many online people there were in my theater when he showed up and everyone was like, oh. (laughs) When did you go? Was it opening weekend? I think I went opening night, yeah. And there were a lot of uh, terminally online people like myself where we all realized Matt Pat was in it. We're like, oh, okay, nice, nice. Well, see, I didn't want to give any money to theaters, so I Uh, just did it on my computer on a day that I had nothing going on, just sat uh down the whole movie and was like, man, that was... (laughs) quite something yeah. um yeah so five out of ten not enough lore in that movie I'd say. yeah yeah i agree um <laughs> i thought it was lame <laughs> i don't think that movie's good but i will watch a sequel so i don't know what that says about me i know oh. yeah like the the fact that every single character in that movie is so incredibly stupid like <laughs> josh hudson just don't just don't go to this just stop working there yeah you know? <laughs> Like, there's an easy get solution job, get a get a job as like a garbage man or something like that you know that, that that'll pay the bills you don't have to work at night you know exactly um exactly. he's like somehow that's his sister that's like a 20 year age difference um <laughs> and but he also has a little brother he also has a, but that little brother has to die yeah he yeah. mysterious circumstances um, I really liked in that movie uh, when the one kid was like, I'm not Freddy. And apparently he was Golden Freddy, but I couldn't tell because it was badly lit. Well, Blaine, I... that's simply because you don't understand the lore. I don't understand the lore. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I had an episode um, where I was very confused asking a lot of questions about that. <laughs> um, so, you know, but hey, I guess that's my fault for not understanding yeah. the lore. Um, not and great. The... Matthew Lillard, the... innocent, but, you know. The award for worst cop in any cinematic <laughs> film of all time goes, goes to, to that lady yeah yeah that lady who is very pretty sure very pretty sure. but why would a girl like it almost made it worse because why would a girl that pretty be interested in someone like josh hutchinson's i i think josh hutchinson's on the on the up and up like the people are interested in him again and then yeah. it was it was even worse where it's like oh that actually makes sense why she's interested because he works at this job but it's like that is that is weird you know like like she's just a bad cop yeah and that's kind of like the point but it's like it almost is she's such a bad cop sure sure. josh hudson should have called the actual police Mm. like the first time that he ran into her because it's like why is this girl even paying attention to me at all you know that's fair that's fair that's understandable um great takes great takes all around uh Zach, thank you for doing this. We'll be sure to have you on maybe thank in the new you. year. Good Happy more. 2024. That's right. Woohoo. Big thing. Let's go, Big baby. Thing. Okay. I'm here with Will. Uh, Will was with me for, I believe we did an episode on Guardians Volume 3 and uh, our trip through the Evil Dead franchise, which was very fun. Um, I still look back on that very fondly. Uh, and now we're it's time, Will. We're at the end of the year. The people are clamoring. The people want to know. Um what was your favorite movie that you saw in 2023? My favorite movie that I saw in 2023 has to be Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I feel Hell like yeah, it's brother. Um, based on the first episode I ever did on this podcast, Top Gun Maverick, I talk a lot about the Mission Impossible movies in that one. Uh, and I really liked Dead Reckoning. I liked it a lot. Uh, the opening alone like just that opening scene, probably my favorite opening scene in a Mission Impossible movie. Hell yeah! Um, 
real it was real good it was just it was just so good and it was like it was a, like a, you use ai as a villain without being like too sci-fi you know like i think they did it like really really well i asked you i remember i asked you before we saw it together because you had seen it Earlier, yeah, earlier I did, yeah. like, unbeknownst to me um up until right before we saw the movie no up until because we saw fallout the night before That's right. Mm -hmm. that was when i found out but i asked you i was like does it talk at all does the ai like at all talk at any point because that would take me out of it that would that i feel like would just be like too ultron it would be too much like hal 9000 um so you said no which was technically correct I didn't remember that it uses Simon Pegg because I'm always You remember slated the Simon on Pegg that. scene, but that was actually fine with me. That I thought was actually really clever. Um, very well done. And that was the only time it talked. Everything else was like the clicking and the humming. And that was awesome. Um, that was Love that movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's some ASMR for you guys. Um, no, Dead Reckoning Whips. Uh, that last hour on the train, uh, I had some of the most like guttural vocal responses. Um, when they're you know climbing up out of the train, I I I've never seen that before in, in cinematic form. Um, and I loved it. I need Dead Reckoning Two in my arm right now. I'm 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 ready for it. And they better call it Dead Reckoning Two. I've been hearing rumors that they might not call it that. That's stupid. You already Yeah. called it part one. Exactly. Tell it. I'm gonna get confused. I get confused easily. Would Um, it make any sense, y'all? yeah, exactly. So, uh, no, Dead Reckoning whips. Great choice. Yeah. Haley Atwell, my queen. Tom Clemente, <laughs> also my queen. Um, yeah. all right. So now you have a wild card. This can be something Oh, you wow. love, something you hated, something maybe underrated. I don't know. Whatever it's up to you. Uh, what's your wild card this year? Um, hmm. What was my wild card? Because I, I, I asked you, does it have to be one that came out in 2023? And you said yes. And that I should have asked earlier because I was planning on saying a movie now from 2023 that I just watched for the first time like two days ago. Um, I saw Alvin and the Chipmunks, the squeak wall, and I thought it was goatee. it was actually chipwrecked, but um, no. Um, I got it. I'm. I think I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Godzilla. Minus Minus one. one. Okay, great choice. And I know that's like that that's not a wild card in the sense of like, wow, it was surprisingly good or like not you know, underrated. Not a lot of people are talking about it. No, like people are talking about it. Like it's getting a lot of you know, so um, but it's a I I I think it's a wild card just because like Toho's last Godzilla movie, um, Shin Godzilla was fucking epic. Like it was awesome. It was creepy, it was scary, it was like blood pumping it's and it was so unique right and you wanted to see what happened next and then they announced minus one and you're like okay so we're not doing that anymore like we're, we're just completely we're just moving on to a new version of godzilla already okay Mm that's hmm fine um and you're like a little like i was a little like eh, maybe it's like gonna be too repetitive or it's gonna be like whatever i fucking loved it Like, Oh, yeah. it seems to be the consensus that a lot of people are saying it's, like, their favorite Godzilla movie. Um, I, I don't know if I'd say that, but it's definitely up there. Um, and just the whole commentary on, like, uh, the, the, why am I forgetting, the kamikaze pilots and, like, what does it really mean to die with honor? Like, is Yeah. that honor? Like, that was... Ooh, that was really good. And I, I remember you texting me about like the melodramatic moments lasted a little too long. I think I disagree with that. Um, I can't because I that was 
that was probably the one time in a Godzilla movie where I probably cared more about the people than the monster. I know. Yeah, that's what makes it great. It's like they in finally have compelling way. human drama in one of these movies. Exactly. So then like. And uh, spoilers for a scene, but I'm watching it with my two brothers, uh, one of which who had seen it before. And he was telling us how awesome it was. So we're watching it and it's the scene you it's in the trailers, like when the train is like being thrown around yeah. and Godzilla's like attacking. And you can kind of tell like this is probably the first time he's attacking the city in the trailer. And that is the first scene you really see Godzilla like attack something mm -hmm. in the movie. And my younger brother, my the, who had seen it before, he leans over to us. He goes, this is the best scene in the whole goddamn movie. And uh, I'm like, well, yeah, sure. Like it's like i've seen most of it in the trailer already like what else is like what else could there be and then the first shot you get of godzilla is like you just see the damage you see the carnage he's causing you don't see godzilla yet then you just see the woman like looking out the window of the train and then it cuts to what she's looking at and then just the original godzilla score starts playing yeah. i lost my fucking mind because i completely forgot that godzilla had a theme <laughs> But then just those first two, like two, three notes start playing. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's happening. Um, yeah. It was awesome. It was just sick. And yeah. probably my favorite Atomic Breath. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I knew I didn't know Atomic Breath could do that. <laughs> no, like I was they, shocked. they made it atomic. Like yeah. they, it literally causes a nuclear explosion. And that's fucking sick. Um. I will say the Shin Godzilla one is a close second just because like a concentrated purple beam of destruction is fucking cool too. Sure, sure. But I do love my classic. I do love the classic blue breath. But then with the whole like the contact point is uh, just a giant nuclear explosion. So cool. Yeah, listen, I think one of the best things about it is it's using, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, you know, it, it's trying to do a bunch of things that other movies have already done. But we haven't yeah. seen them done in a Godzilla movie. Like, they do Jaws, but with oh, Godzilla. Yeah. And it's so thrilling. I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, this is insane. I've never, like, who would have thought that all you need to do to make this, like, the most riveting thing you've seen is just combine Jaws and Dunkirk and smash them together and you have a Godzilla movie. That's sick! Exactly. And the fucking, um... Like there were plenty of shots. Like you, it was made at the fraction of the but, like at a fraction of the budget of like legendaries. Yeah. Um, Godzilla movies. Yeah. And there were points where like that was apparent. Sure. Like I don't think there was any CGI that was like shockingly bad. That was like, oh, this is. It was all serviceable, but it looked like Godzilla looked great. Godzilla yeah. looked great. Like when when they, I I I walked out of there thinking of it like Speed Racer. Mm -hmm. Like they knew where to put the good CGI. They like allocated it really, really well. Yeah. Um. They knew they didn't need to make the entire movie look perfect, but the scenes where they really like where they knew the audience would be like the most engaged, they had to like make it perfect. And I think this, this, like you said, Jaws meets Dunkirk, the scene where it's chasing, where Godzilla is chasing the boat, like a shark. Yeah. That's probably the most realistic looking Godzilla I've ever seen in my life. And it was horrifying. Yeah, I was scared. I was like, oh my just God. Just dead eyes, just like hang, just like up above the water. Oh my God. It looked it so sick. good. It was such sick, a good movie. Sick movie. Um, Great. Yeah, I want to see it again. You, you and I were chatting about it last night. And I'm like, yeah. I, I might just have to go see this again. I think that's just what I have to do. I definitely, um, probably, I probably will. <laughs> incredible stuff well well thank you for coming on the pod as always and we'll be sure to have you in the new year it's fantastic
All right, I'm here with Nick. Nick and I did an episode on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, universally beloved movie. God knows when we'll see the next one, but, you know, I'm here for it. Uh, but we're at the end of the year. Nick, uh, 2023 had a lot of big, great releases. Uh, the people got to know, what would you say your favorite movie that you saw in 2023 was? 2023, going into it, it was my most anticipated movie of the year, and it blew all my expectations out of the water upon release. And that is Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. Hell yes. I, I rewatched it for, or I watched it again for the third time last night. And man, it's just like cover to cover. Everything about it is perfect to me. I think I've seen a lot of conversation about the ending. And I'm not going to spoil it for anyone listening or whatever, because I know it's still a recent release. But how he ends it is just so genius and it's really just mind-blowing and representative of what entertainment and covering crime stories in a modern lens is about. And I just think it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, Lily Gladstone, in my opinion, performance of the year. Um, I thought she was like... Yeah, she's incredible in this movie. Her, um, I mean, De Niro, in my yeah, opinion... He still got it. Him, I would give him Best Supporting Actor alongside Charles Melton. I think those two are really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, I mean, you know, I, there's been some stupid runtime discourse around this, but I was, like, locked in from minute one. Um, yeah. I, 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 I could have watched it for another hour. Like, I was sitting there, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm so invested in what's going on. And it, 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 and the feeling that it has just sticks with you the whole runtime. And it, it never yeah. lets up. It's just this really, like, horrifying banal you know atrocities that happened um and yeah. it's, it's horrifying and to witness i was talking about it with reese about um the irishman and this and how just thelma basically how she edits the movies are two totally different but so still so both engaging mm -hmm. i think honestly upon a rewatch i think that i like this one just a little bit more than the irishman mm -hmm. because um just how it moves. I don't ever feel like a minute of this movie going by. Like, I think it just, each viewing of this, I never feel a moment dragging. I think that each scene is as important as the last. I mean, obviously the performances, like DiCaprio is one of his best. Of He's always, well. yeah, yeah. I've never, like, I was, you know, you always think that you've seen Leo DiCaprio at his apex, and then he just keeps giving you new performances and new shape. Yeah. And here he's like a monster. He's like an idiotic monster. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. yeah, he's really he's really doing something new here. And I think I've seen, I mean, the conversations around the narrative are really good to have talking about if Scorsese was the director to do this, if um, this narrative that he decided to tell was the right one. And I mm -hmm. think that. The, what he chose to do and the filmmaker that he is he chose the best route that he could have i think telling a story from the osage point of view would not be his movie i think that telling a movie from um molly's point of view would not be his movie but telling it from either the fbi would be a complete white savior film and telling it from these criminals does kind of it does it grounds it all and you can see everything circulating it each point of view from it and i never once felt empathy towards any of these coyotes really i don't see how people can feel empathy towards them i think it's they're very manipulative characters but the osage are represented in very strong ways i think that they are manipulated manipulated just like the audience are by them mm -hmm. yeah 100 i completely agree um 
Yeah, I, I mean, I adored it as much as you. I thought it was a masterpiece on the fact that Scorsese is still delivering bangers. Um, and mm. he's in his old age, it's just phenomenal witness. Um, all right, yeah. Uh, and now you have a wild card. There's gonna be something you love, something you hated, maybe something underrated. Um, Nick, what you got for me? Yep, wild card, my number two of the year. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Hell yes. Okay, I was hoping somebody was going to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I talked about it in the video that I did, but I think Margaret talks about a lot of like the uncomfortable stuff that we have growing up, like every every young person has, and it's just a movie that I think every young adult should watch. It's young adults. It's the media that young adults should be consuming. And everything that Margaret deals with, especially with like the religious um, aspects, is stuff that I think everyone deals with in some ways. I know my family growing up, I was always very confused with how to feel about my religion. And seeing that represented in this movie at my age, and it's made for young adults, it was very, very sweet. And I felt very noticed and I, that I wasn't alone in this sort of process of finding a religion. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird because it feels like the story felt timeless. You know, we're watching it in 2023 and there's so much that we can project onto the movie and our experiences um, yeah. from from it. And I thought it was just a tremendous uh, adaptation. Um, and Kelly Freeman Craig, like, I, 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 I'm sure you've yeah. seen Edge of 17, but like, coming yeah. off the case of that, I'm like, what's she going to do next? And then, you know, we had six years of waiting and then here we are with our next movie. And it's like, she's two for two. I, I'm, I'm excited to see whatever yeah. comes up with and next. I mean, you can't talk about this movie without talking about both Kathy Bates and Rachel McAdams. 100%. Both incredible in this movie. I think Rachel McAdams is just, I mean, she got it. Every movie, I'm like, she's got it. She's the best part of everything. I'm actually about to start True Detective season two. And nice. I heard that she's the best part of it, so... I'm excited to get into that. <laughs> yeah, there's that moment when um, that I haven't been able to get out of my head where, uh, you know, Rachel McAdams is revealing to Margaret kind of, you know, why yeah. her and her parents don't talk to each other. And it's like some of the most just realistically devastating, like, performances and moments. How it's delivered, too. It's just yeah. like, it is really like a mother telling her daughter, like, she's being honest, but you also know that she's still not being completely honest and it's, yeah. she's hiding some aspects to it and the fact that and those information that she's hiding is like cracking through and you can see it just in her performance it's really it's so well done <laughs> yeah and it's like it, there's that moment of childhood where you kind of realize wait a minute your parents are people too you know are what real I mean? people yeah and it's yeah. one of those things where like you can see that come across um in that sequence and i thought that was mesmerizing yeah i desperately need to give this a rewatch i adored it when i saw it in theaters and i have it on blu-ray i just need to i need to boot it up again um yeah i'm that it. yet again it's yeah. so good dude <laughs> yeah i'll do it absolutely well nick thank you for doing this uh and we'll be sure to have you on always the a pleasure yeah thank you man all right i'm here with charles and ronnie uh you guys were both on our oscars uh, bracket that we did, you know, uh, a, a long three-hour journey that we all had to go through. A lot of emotions, you know, friendships were forged and broken. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of heavy feelings on that. Um, but uh, yeah, and then Charles, you joined me for uh, a Wish episode and the Disney musical ranking. Nobody's talking about Wish anymore. That movie's already been um forgotten to the sands of time. So that's okay. That's fine. You know, I think it's a good thing. Um. But here we are at the end of the year, uh, and we're talking best movies of the year. So, all right, Ronnie, you're going first. Ronnie, what was your favorite movie of the year? 
point so I was three. torn, and I, I was I was gonna pick two movies at first, but then okay. I was like, nah, I'm being greedy. So I was torn between what is it, Killers of the Flower Moon, mm-hmm. um, or uh, what is it, Oppenheimer? Yeah. Um, those were two of my favorites. Uh, Spider Man is a close third, uh, very close third. Um, I think what gives these two the edge is that they're real stories and all of that, and um. Uh, but yeah, between the two, I'm I'm gonna go with Killers of the Flower Moon, even though I hated the ending and how okay. they, you know, fast they wrapped it up. And I'm gonna go with that only because I think that that's a story that um, hasn't been told before. You know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. um, is more, uh, at least for me, that's a more important story. For sure. Um, I noticed between the two of your favorites, they're both three-hour movies. Are you back on the three-hour movie train, or are you? So okay, with both of them. Um, I, I do think you can trim off like at least 20 <laughs> minutes for both of them. Okay. But like I said, um, the performances were, um, you know, some of the best performances you're going to see. You're not really going to see Absolutely. performances better than any, either one. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, it more so just came down to, um, yeah, I don't think I would ever see a documentary on the subject matter of Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, might be you know, depressing. but I think I could see a documentary on Oppenheimer and his life and all that type sure. of stuff. So that's why, yeah, I'm sure. going with that. It's very impressive that Martin Scorsese is in his 80s and still like just churning out hits. He's still yes, got it. I agree. That's my guy right there. Uh, Charles, I'm mounting it to you. Charles, what was your favorite movie of 2023? There's a few that are pretty close. Killers of the Flower Moon is one of mine, but uh, Ronnie already picked it. So I'll uh, move on to a couple others. Uh, I'm going to just pick my two right now. I think they're like, for me, they're the two most authentic feeling movies of the year. And partially because I think it's about like the directors making it about their own work and how important or how little important they think it is. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, Showing Up and The Boy and the Heron. Okay, nice. Showing Up is like pretty much just about, uh, it's about an artist who just is making work for just local shows and just going to their friend shows and it shows like the look like uh the local artist community and how it's so insular and kind of pointless in a sense that's kind of a mean way to say it but like uh uh it definitely was reminiscent of how like it feels for me to like go to film festivals when i have something in it where you're just like this isn't good (laughs) i'm not satisfied and it, like, it, it really does feel crummy and like you're just comparing yourselves to like this that one other guy you know mm-hmm. and how pointless it all feels in the end yeah <laughs> but um yeah i just think it's a it's a really good it's uh, it's a much sweeter movie than i think that i just made it sound like though and the boy in the heron is uh hayao miyazaki making a movie about kind of how he about how he wants like the the kids who have watched his movies to move on and be better than him <laughs> yeah yeah fair um yeah i haven't seen showing up so i cannot respond uh with any notes on that but i do want to see it i i i i i'm kind of half and half on kelly reichardt's work um but one of them i was just sleepy when watching it so that might be a me problem um well no i think that's most people <laughs> that's fair um but boy in the heron was tremendous uh you know i saw it twice i saw the dub and the sub both were good uh, Robert Pattinson as the Heron. That's my guy right there. He hasn't missed a step. Um, yeah, I just thought... I think I think during that whole movie, he sounded like he was, like, coughing up a hairball. Yeah, but isn't that great? Isn't that what we want from our actors in this day and age? 
Um, <laughs> I love that. Of course. So, <laughs> of course. so is Warren the Heron also your uh, wild card, or do you have another wild card? Oh, I can bring up another one if you want one, but I... We'll, I, we'll I, mount to Ronnie. I'll mount to Ronnie. I'll put both of those in here. I'm comfortable just putting those two together. Okay, that's fine. Um, Ronnie, you have a wild card. Uh, your chance to talk about something you love, something you hate, something underrated. What do you got? Okay, I'm going I'm to do two movies for this. That's um, fine. Because I think, uh, think in talking to both of you, I, I don't know if... I don't know if I expected Super, Super Mario Bros. to be as good or perform as well as it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved it. Yeah. Like once I finally watched it. Okay. Um, and yeah, I think that, yeah, that's definitely one of the better movies we've gotten this year as well. Uh, mm. So I'm gonna go with that. That's gonna be my positive and my negative or criticism will be, uh, what salt burn. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the reason why, um, <laughs> I mean, obviously besides like the, the crazy shit that happened like throughout sure. of it, I just kind of wonder, uh, and I kind of felt the same way with um, what was damn what was the one weird movie where it was like the people in the middle of the field or whatever it was trying to give have a girl give birth um, in the middle of the field. It's the weird movie. Oh, Midsummer, Midsummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, crazy yeah. that I got it from that. Yeah, right, anyway. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of with with like I kind of get the same feel from both. Sure, me personally. Uh, but it kind of just makes me a little scared of like, what's next? You know what I mean? What is this bullshit going to inspire? <laughs> you know? like, it's just crazy as shit. So uh-huh. that was kind of my thing. Like after I was done, I couldn't even judge if it was a good or a bad movie. I mean, because I mean, like, I guess like the concept of a crazy person kind of falling in love and all that type of stuff. I, I get that. I understand that we've seen sure. that. But yeah, just some of the antics. um is yeah it's it's just yeah i i kind of i'm nervous to see what it inspires Mm, that's fair charles what thoughts do you have on saltburn oh i don't like it um i think it was a lot of shock just for the sake of shock and there wasn't much meaning behind any of it Mm. um and i i think the most annoying part of the movie is that like the end of the movie plays off like it's a big twist when like halfway through the movie it was just licking the drain and it's like it's not like I'm surprised that he's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I feel like they set that up. I, a little I think better. I think the whole twist ending is really dumb and bad. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, listen, I had a good time during it. Uh, but I, I listen. I everyone has a reaction on this movie, and I think all the reactions are valid. I, I understand where everyone's coming from. Um, now, I want to add, like in watching it, I wasn't like the angry grumpy guy like what the fuck is this i wasn't like that <laughs> but i was i was you know my I was you know mouth wide open what sure, the hell sure. you know yeah, yeah. and i laughed a lot throughout yeah. it yeah yeah but you know at the same time i just like i said say it well what is this going to inspire what's coming next because kind of like the shock stuff that yeah charles was talking about it just um it it went for it and it achieved it you yeah. know, <laughs> mission accomplished, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. That's fair. Um, well, lovely. Uh, can, I, can I jump in one, just for one yeah, last? please. And Blaine, I, you can just jump in here, too. Uh, so I just want to say, I don't know if it was entirely because the movie was the worst movie of the year, but by far my worst experience watching a movie this year was uh, watching an early screening of The Flash. Yeah, amen, amen. Oh, I didn't even finish that. Attaboy. <laughs> I don't even count that. Like, as the, I don't even acknowledge that. Like, so yeah, I'm with you there. We both agree. And I haven't seen Aquaman, but 
I'm not rushing to Aquaman either. It's rough. It's slightly better than the Flash, but it's rough. That's I like right? I, I liked it more than the Flash. Me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, couldn't finish that. Yeah, yeah, DC's washed. You know. Yeah. Well, superhero movies might be washed in general. Yeah. Maybe. Tough year. Tough year. Um, yeah, fuck the Flash. I'll say that right now. Um, but uh, yeah. Lovely having both of you on. Uh, we'll be sure to have you on in the new year. We'll have some other bracket of silliness that we'll do. All right. I am here with Kyler. Um, Kyler and I did a Indiana Jones retrospective. Uh, we talked about all the Indiana Jones movies, including Dial of Destiny. Um, Kyler, uh, it's time. It's your time to shine. Uh, the end of the year is upon us, and I am curious. Uh, what would you say your favorite movie of 2023 was? Um, I would say that it is Past Lives. A great pick. Tell me about it. Uh, early, early year or middle of the year. Can't remember when it came out, and it stuck there. You know, there was a couple. Saltburn came along. You uh-huh. know, the holdovers, and I was like, "Is this gonna top it?" And it, it didn't. It stayed firm. Lovely film. Uh huh. Hopefully, it wins Oscars. I loved Past Lives. Um, I was very impacted when I saw it in theaters. Uh. And it has continued to uh, stay with me throughout this year. Um, you know, I agree with you. There have been many movies I've seen this year. Uh, but the emotional impact I felt from the end of Past Live is a feeling that has stayed in my head um, long after seeing it. Incredible performances from three main leads. Like, it's just incredible. Like, it's one of those films that's kind of rare, for me at least, where you watch, like, you're watching it and... And very quickly, you're like, this is a film and I'm fully engrossed in it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is the we are so back energy, but in like a take your breath away kind of way. Mm-hmm. Like that opening shot is still one that sticks in my head. Of, yeah. of this of the bar. Like two, yeah, just two onlookers commenting on these three people's relationship based on like the body language and, and, and the and the way they're for, like staged and framed and it just zooms in mm-hmm. it's just incredible yeah really i remember just... the rollout for this was kind of frustrating like we didn't really know when it was coming out and for some reason i saw it in a packed show at like river east it was like it felt like it was sold out i don't know if it was but it's like everyone around me was like seated and ready for it and for a movie like that which is so like it's not like one where like everyone's applauding like multiple times. It's just a very like quiet, intimate experience. The fact that I got to experience that with like over, you know, 100, 200 people, like that's rare. I felt um, for a movie like that. Um, and I, I, I treasured that experience. I thought it was just lovely. Um, yeah, hopefully, I mean, I like an insanely, insanely strong debut from Celine Song. Um, I can't wait to see what else she has in uh, in the kitchen. Um Especially if, like, the, the first one was this good. You know, it's like, all right, time to step up um, for the next one. Like, keep delivering, you know? Yeah. that I'm very excited to see where the the next one can go. Yeah. Because that it, it's just insane that it's so strong right off the rip, you know? Yeah, it's got all of my... It's, it nails all of its ideas. The three performances are brilliant. It looks beautiful. It sounds beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is a film through and through that is just incredible. Like, I don't, there's not a single aspect that I feel falls flat, you know? I agree. Um, And it is, I had a similar experience, not as big as yours, but it Mm. was a little bit of like a, I saw it on a sweltering 
June day mm. on like a Saturday, like in the morning at the River Sea AMC River East. And I was like, this, this, no one's going to be here. Mm-hmm. And you walk in and it was like nearly sold out. And I was like, it's a smaller theater. It was like theater nine, sure. but it was still like, this is a, we are packed in here for an intimate, quiet experience. And it was, and you could feel the energy of yeah. like the, oh, we're here for a movie, you know? Absolutely. Um, great film. Just yeah. takes your breath away. It's gorgeous. I, I agree. I agree. Um, and now you have a wild card, Kyler. It's going to be something you love, yeah. something you hated, something underrated. Uh, what's your wild card pick this year for us? So um, my wild card pick is a film that even you haven't seen. Oh, great. And that's that's saying something. That's, and that's rare. Why I was a little, that's why I was a little scared to bring it up. Uh-huh. I I am the only one here that has seen it. Um, Return to Soul. Okay. Oh, no, I heard about this. Okay. Yeah. Because, um, it. uh, like, it's, it's, I don't know, because I feel like a lot of people missed it, you mm-hmm. know? And that's why I'm bringing it up. Because I did want to say like Godzilla minus one or or the holdovers or even um you know I had you're a, a big Flash guy we know you're a big Flash no, guy. no 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 let's not start this let's not start this narrative I <laughs> that um I had another wild card pick anyway yeah Return to Soul also my my mom was watching the Flash the other day and I oh, no. sat down I was like this is not as bad as playing things no 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 that's like, wrong. I, I it it's terrible. It's off. Don't get me wrong. It's just like it didn't upset me. I was like, this is a this is all right. It's a fun time, I guess. Uh huh. Um, my mom switched it off after three minutes. And, That's awesome. Uh, she, no, because she was like, I've seen this three times already. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause it's just on HBO and to leave it on the background. Remember anyway, when the movie stopped so three minutes in for our screening? Yeah, no, that's funny. We had that. Between that and the Exorcist Believer, we had a great year. We had a great year for screenings. Just, <laughs> just absolutely. Because that guy was so panicked the whole yeah. time. He was like, is someone sitting here? Is someone sitting here? Ah. That was oh, good. Man. That was good. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Return, Return to Soul. To Soul. <laughs> Saw at the music box. Mm-hmm. Very different from Flash. Um, some would say Return to Soul has an artistic merit and oh. is actually a film. And... <laughs> So what's Return to Soul about? I know the only thing I know is it's three hours long. It is not. It is not three hours long. Oh, okay. Uh, it it's a length. It's not, it's not even two hours. Get out of <laughs> here. Get out of here. That is crazy. All right. Already bad. with the return to the soul slander. That's my bad. Okay. No, no, I want to see this. Tell me about it. Oh, yeah. It's so it's it's about um a woman that's named uh freddie who she goes back to south korea uh for the first time to like find her her birth parents like she was adopted by this french couple and so now she's she's looking for biological parents and Mm -hmm. she is very it is kind of like it's a very much like a character piece it really is about this woman who just like that connection that like how not having that connection with your biological parents can, you know, like, I, I feel like you have, sometimes people grow up and they have like identity issues because of that. Mm-hmm. And it is just like her exploring where she came from and, and trying to find her parents. And I don't know, it's just very, it's very touching. And 
um i don't know if i'd say touching but it is very much like you're it's one of those movies where you're like rooting for a character who just keeps messing up mm. and you're like please i like you like stop you know and yeah. and i know that like this might be a terrible thing to say it reminded me of a friend that i really care about mm. like a lot like where i'm like oh she is this character sure and to the point where the person i was with who i've only like doesn't know this other friend turned to me and she was like this reminds me of your friend such and such wow and i was like oh so it's not just me i guess but that's crazy um yeah it just i and i so i think i that struck a personal chord with me sure being like this this is a friend not like a hundred percent but i can see a lot of my friend in this piece and it and it i don't know made me a little uh introspective about that um but yeah great film great cinematography just a great story and and the main actress she's incredible um uh it's her name is park jimin not mm -hmm. to be confused with the bts right park jimin right right, right. um big bts stands out here you know yeah um, I, not venn diagram for this podcast yeah huge <laughs> yeah. massive hey if you grant me into blackpink you never you know that's right hey listen we respect any uh fandoms here but i'm not here to make that's um, that's the clip of the week for me not to get off return to soul but that's the clip of the week it's hugh grant talking about blackpink sure no listen i know he's that's incredible. a lot for you yeah hugh grant that's my guy he is so incredible yeah but yeah either way parkman great actress i the only thing she's been in and it is like a dominic sessa level like oh, where did like you come you, from yeah, yeah 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 where did you come from you came in and just absolutely destroyed this performance like like only credit on letterbox is this film mm -hmm. and letterbox has some obscure shit sometimes <laughs> you know like they will have yeah oh this this person was a background actor in this film mm -hmm. 20 years ago or something you know sure um but then also uh directed by davy chow who mm -hmm. Has a couple other pictures on his on his letterbox credits, but I have not seen them. So I cannot speak to that. But mm. it was such a strong, great film. I'm I'm really I'm almost a little devastated that it's so low. It is like number 18 on my list or something at this point. Mm -hmm. Like when I think of the movie, I'm like, it's one of the best of the year. Sure. But it just That just shows you how good the year was, you know? Yeah. A lot of heaters. Exactly. A lot of heaters. Exactly. All right. Well, Kyler, thank you for doing this. Uh, we'll, you know, maybe have you on the new year. I don't know. Maybe I have to beg every time. You really do. Yeah. I, you I know. have to grovel. <laughs> I have to just please. Yeah. You know, you're like, please on. let me on. And I'm like, I don't know. And you're like, I'm, you're, you're, I'm dying out here. Yeah. We'll have you on the new year. We'll talk about something. I don't know. What's, uh, honestly, Madam Web, Madam Web pod. Oh, geez. Why do you do this to me? You were that... going, you're, you were like, oh, no, I guess I'll check that out. You were like, oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> we both, I feel like we both agree the hotness is going to carry that film. I don't yeah, know what you're talking about. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, Nothing else is. I was going to say something more respectable, like uh -huh. like the Wachowskis or something. Like we did That'd be good. That'd be good. So a Wachowski retrospective? Films. I'd be down. That'd Speed be Racer? Great. Speed Racer pod? I, so many times this past two weeks, I've almost booted up Speed Racer. I'm I thought you were going to watch that like the night before or like the day I was moving out. And I was like, yeah, I was going to, and then I got busy and yeah. then it's been a, 
you know, I've been I've been around everywhere. Sure, no, you've been bouncing weeks. around. No, 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 it's understandable. it's understandable. Allie's dad's a massive Speed Racer fan. Not Rock. Like, not not the Wachowski film. I don't know. I didn't ask. Oh, I just didn't the ask anime. Him about that yeah, like he has a wall of, and he's not like a collector, but but yeah. like he does have a wall of Speed Racer stuff. And I was, and and Allie's mom was like, maybe you should watch the Wachowski Speed Racer movie with him. And I, and then I we ended up running out of time. But that's so sad. It was great. That's so sad. Then we watched Barbie instead. Which good movie. Noted. Good movie. Um. Yeah. Anyway. All right, I'm here with Nathan. Uh, Nathan and I did the Barbie episode. Um, you know, very highly listened to podcast. Uh, featuring two kids, you and me. Um, our energy was great that episode. Uh, really a hit in all every way, shape, and form. Um, but we're at the we're at the end of the year, and uh, I gotta ask Nathan in 2023, what was the favorite movie that you saw release that year? Favorite movie. Um. Oh man. I, I okay. I gotta say two to tie yeah, it. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. I gotta say bottoms. Hell uh, yeah! And honestly, probably across the Spider Verse. Okay, uh, talk to me. Why'd you like them? So I guess so. So bottoms. I mean, I don't know if it needs much of an explanation. It's just <laughs> such a badass directorial follow up to Shiv a Baby from Emma Siegelman. Mm-hmm. Um, the blocking's great. The soundtrack's great. Io and Rachel are fantastic. It's just, I can't, I I could keep raving about it. Um, I just think it's such a fun movie. Um, and yeah, I'm glad it exists. And then uh, in regards to Across the Spider-Verse, I think Across the Spider-Verse had to be one of my favorites because it had so much, there was such high expectations for it after the first one. Mm-hmm. The fact that it not only met my expectations but exceeded them by far with the story and well just everything about it really it kind of just blew me away um and there weren't many movies this year that i could say that did that there were several that came close um like i think priscilla and um i i wish i could say mission impossible but i just rewatched that recently and um yeah i don't know but like there were (laughs) There were some that came very close, um, but ultimately, I, I think Across the Spider Verse was just so um, technically executed well, and I think all across the board, I I was just there are not many movies I felt like this year that I came out of where I was like, this has kind of left me speechless, and mm. I think Across the Spider Verse did that, and I feel like Bottoms, I saw Bottoms with my mom. Which oh, is, nice! That's a hilarious you know, pairing, um, especially to bring my mom to that. But it was yeah, a lot of fun seeing it with her. And I think it was just, both are just such fun movies. One obviously has much more serious stakes, I feel like, than the other. Sure. But, because um, they're two different genres. But overall, I think Bottoms was just a great grand old, surpri- grand old surprise. Um, and I think Across the Spider-Verse uh, just makes me only more excited for, you know, the third Here's hoping they land the plane, man. Like I, I need this to be incredible. It, it um, has to be incredible because it. Nobody after watching the first one was like, "Oh yeah, the sequel is going to be better." Everybody's. Yeah. Well, I just hope it meets it. I know. I That's think all I need. There weren't many people who, I feel like, disliked Spider Verse outside of the people that thought it or didn't know it was going to be left with an open ending because it's part one. Yeah. Right. Um. 
Yeah, I think those are my two answers. Honorable mention would be Past Lives. Love sure. Past Lives. Um, Oppenheimer and Barbie, obviously great. Barbenheimer, we already talked about that, though. A great time this year for the movies. Honestly. And, um, oh, I'll just, I'll say one more thing. Yeah. Are you there? Glad it's me, Margaret. Also, also great. Also I mean, great. Um, yeah, I think my only quick thing I have to say about Bottoms is I saw it with a packed crowd. Um, and I, it, it was either that or theater camp for the hardest I've laughed in a movie theater um, yes. all year. Yes. Where I was just like dying from minute one. Um, so much so that like my glasses would fog up because I was laughing so hard. Which then <laughs> I had to take my glasses off and clean them while laughing. Um, very complicated process. But uh, yes. yeah, both great picks. Um, and then you have a wild card, Nathan. This can be somebody you love, somebody you hated, maybe something underrated. What do you got for me? Oof, wild card. Um... That's tough. I guess there. I don't even know how I feel about it now, but I would probably say Saltburn. Okay, Saltburn sure. Is, I've there's been a, so when I first watched it, I absolutely loved it, um, and I thought because well, I was able to fortunately see it at its premiere in London. You lucky son of a bitch. Which was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, I was able to see it for free, which was yeah. awesome. But. Um, so I loved it upon first viewing, but I also think that was kind of just the blindness of, I feel like when you first watch a movie, you you can have feelings on it and you can notice things, but honestly, I feel like it's not, you're complete, you, you're not going to get through all the, you're not going to, it's not going to be your truest reaction because mm -hmm. it's your first time experiencing it. So sure. it's like, um, I don't know what I'm saying. It, this sounds like BS, but ultimately, <laughs> um, I think upon second viewing, I... I liked it mostly as much, but as since I've read a lot of stuff recently, that's kind of been um, kind of dissing it. There's just been a lot of negative hate of like, it felt like it was just for shock value. Sure. Um, that with Emerald's background of being a somewhat aristocratic woman uh -huh. uh, and how she grew up in her and, and well, in Barry Hogan's character sure. uh, being you know, poor and Felix is, you know, or Jacob Lordy is rich and all that and that dynamic and how that's pans out in the story. There's mm -hmm. a lot of complications with it. To me, it never irritated me. I think some people are like, it has, I, one of the things I saw was there's a review that said like her films have nothing to say. Mm -hmm. Like they're just, they kind of exist and there's not much commentary, which I completely disagree with because if yeah, promising a woman is saying things um absolutely there's a sure. statement i feel like there's definitely statements in both i think in saltburn it's much more subtle and that you have to there are things you read into and it's more of like even though you know what's going to happen i think you're interested in it because you're like well not only is it this shot beautifully but also because you're like i just want to understand why sure and yeah i think they're two very different movies, but ultimately I think Sulper and I, I really don't know how I feel about it. I got to rewatch it again now because I yeah. only, only saw it in theaters. So now I have to watch it on streaming, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know where I stand on it, but I would say that's probably the wild card. That's a lot of people's wild card this year. I don't really, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't blame you. I, I, I enjoyed watching it. I mean, I had, I, I had fun, um, you know, un unfolding the chaos in that movie. Um, you know, I thought the performances were great. I thought it looked beautiful. You know, I, I don't know if it's saying much by the end of it. Um, but yeah. you know, I I appreciated the ride for what it was. I, I I haven't really thought about it 
beyond that. I was just like, that was kind of fun. And then, you know, went about my Yeah. day. And I don't think everything has to say something either. No, no. I think I, but I think it's obviously since her first film, her directorial debut was such a bold statement. Sure. Yeah. Everyone's got eyes on what she's Yeah. doing next. People Yeah. are probably like, uh, okay, so what are you trying to say here? And it's Right. like, it's, it's hard to, I, yeah, it's like you just said, it's hard to pinpoint anything, but I think I had fun with it. I, the soundtrack is amazing. Um, and I, the score is great. I, The cinematography I love because it's Yeah. Absolutely. my favorite Yeah. cinematographer. The God. Yeah. God, exactly. Um, yeah, I really, I don't know. I don't know where I stand on it, but I think That's it's all right. a bad movie. Sure. No, that's uh that's you're you're okay to feel that, that's for sure. Um awesome. Well Nathan, thank you for doing this. Uh we'll be sure to have you on the pod in the new year. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Of course. All right, I'm here with Johnny. Uh, Johnny and I did a epic Christopher Nolan retrospective and talked about Oppenheimer. Um, really, you know, uh, quite a long episode, but I feel like we got a lot covered, got a lot off our chest. Um, and really, uh, you know, we 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 had to submit to our film bro urges that episode. Um, we had to let it take it take us over. Um, but Johnny, here we are. We're at the end of the year. And the people gotta know. Um, what would you say your favorite movie that you saw in twenty twenty three was? Well, as the Nolan fan, I'm gonna have to say Oppenheimer. That's to But be expected. uh, as as one uh, B, because everyone was probably expecting that from me, <laughs> uh, Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Excellent pick. What'd you like about <laughs> it? I love that it had such high expectations of the first one and actually like really delivered. Mm hmm. Um, I did enjoy that. Yes, it had like the serious moments, but it actually had fun cameo jokes that like went through the social media, but it didn't feel like it was fanfare. Like it actually went well with the story. Mm -hmm. Like the Spider-Man memes of everyone pointing at each other was, I think, hilarious and actually well done. It wasn't like, oh, let's just have some fanfare just to throw it in there. <laughs> Yeah, I was a little worried that it might turn into like Cameo City for a bit when we were in like the, you know, the Spider Society or whatever, but they keep you moving right through it. It's like, all right, here's, you know, five seconds here and there, but then we got this story to tell. Um, That chase sequence where like, All the Spider Men are chasing after Miles. I was like in awe. Um, I've never seen anything like that. I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, here's hoping part three comes out, man. You know, I'm 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 waiting. I'm here Yeah. for it. Um, <laughs> I'm ho hoping. yeah, seriously. Uh, and then now you have a wild card. This can be somebody you love, <laughs> somebody you hated, maybe something underrated. Johnny, what do you got for me? My wild card is going to be Godzilla minus one. All right, out of boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw this together. Yeah. Tell Uh, me about this it. movie was actually well done, and I was kind of worried that, oh, uh, here we go again, another Godzilla movie, because they keep pumping these out for whatever reason. <laughs> that I was like, I was kind of afraid going in that it was going to be another, like, oh, uh, here's another Godzilla movie after, you know, we just got Godzilla versus King Kong and it would fail, but it was actually a refreshing, like, new take on Godzilla, you know, kind of going on, like, We already know this creature exists, but here's how it like affects Japan. Yeah, I mean, they literally, like, and this is one of the few times where I've been, I feel like Godzilla works best when you're actually scared of him, and I feel like this movie did a really good job of, like, portraying, like, no, this Godzilla does not have any human quality, and he's just walking around destroying everything. 
Um, and I was scared. I was like, all right, this is a great, you know, a great perspective to have for that Yeah, sort it was of thing. like actually feared. It wasn't like, oh, he's going to be the good guy that comes in and saves, you know, someone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Truly unbelievable stuff. Um, that atomic breath, I've never seen anything quite like that before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> truly terrifying stuff. And just goes to show, I mean, you know, we all doubted it, but you can make interesting human conflict in a Godzilla movie. Um, you know, all these movies, it's like, I don't care about Millie Bobby Brown and the Godzilla stuff, but here we go. You know, you actually give us compelling <laughs> drama um, and people will show up for it. Uh, apparently, it's like one of the highest grossing, like, foreign language movies in the u.s which is shocking um but i guess not i mean the word of mouth around it was insane so yeah and all just started because of the worst kamikaze pilot in history <laughs> <laughs> that's right baby that's right if he he didn't do his job and here we are um, yeah <laughs> incredible stuff uh well awesome johnny thank you for giving me your picks and uh we'll be sure to have you on the pod in the new year yeah i'll look forward to that <laughs> All right, I'm here with Hannah, um, the Percy Jackson expert. Uh, we, I think the only episode you and I did this year was like a teaser trailer reaction to the Percy yes. Jackson thing. But we have been watching the show, and when it ends, we will have a full-fledged episode with our thoughts on it. So stay yeah. tuned for that. I have a lot of thoughts and opinions. Um, oh, me too. I cannot, I won't say anything now. To I'll save my thoughts for yeah. the episode, but I am very... Excited to discuss in detail yeah. the entire season. Absolutely. Um, so, Hannah, we're at the end of the year, and I want to know, the people got to know, uh, what would you say your favorite movie of 2023 was? Well, this was one that I actually saw when I was in Los Angeles this fall. Nice. At the um, Chinese Theater. Okay, yeah, sick. The one with the handprints. I saw the um, now award-nominated Bottoms. Nice. Um, okay. Yes. It was, I paid $16 for my ticket and it was worth every penny. Absolutely. 100%. Um, bonus points. Um, One of the songs from the movie is was my top song on Spotify. Oh, on Spotify? Okay. Yeah. So. That's incredible. No, yeah. I thought Bottoms was a riot. I, I have the numbers to back my favorite movie. Sure. Um, No, Rachel said it. Very important to me. Um, Ao Inamiri, this is like her year. She's been in everything this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a riot! I was glad to see Nicholas Scalacine. He again. killed it. He's so funny in Somehow that movie. doing a better American accent than his natural British accent in Red, White, Royal Blue. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that happened, but unbelievable. It's nice that we have. It truly felt like Bottoms was kind of a um, like just kind of go for broke comedy. Like there was no exactly internal logic it was just like okay we know this doesn't make sense we're just gonna spit rapid fire jokes but, like at you, you think one it after doesn't another. make sense and that it does for example <laughs> jeff's pineapple allergy yeah yeah yeah. it's relevant exactly it ties it's back fun. into the plot that's mm -hmm. called setup and payoff right there you know exactly. you love to see it um no i was like crying with laughter for the majority mm -hmm. of that movie um and yeah, I, I, it's just, uh, I saw it with a great crowd. We all applauded mm -hmm. when the Nicole Kidman AMC ad showed up for the first time. So I knew, like, this is the right crowd to see it with. We were all dying. Like, it, just give me more R-rated comedies in theaters. It feels like we are not getting enough of them. And mm -hmm. it makes me sad. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is an I amazing choice. for more Rachel Sennett and Emma Seligman 
and yeah. I will... Yeah, the three of them are just like yes. a, the holy trinity to me, mm-hmm. I feel. Um, amazing pick. Marshawn Lynch, my guy. Oh, yeah. He the killed award-nominated it. actor, Marshawn mm. Lynch. That's my guy right there. He's the actor of his generation. I can't wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, I love Bottoms as well. Um, and now you have a wild card pick. This is going to be something you love, something you hated, maybe something underrated. Hannah, what do you got? See, I'm debating. I have a lot of... I saw a lot of movies when I was in LA. A lot of them were things that I hadn't ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but people were like, oh, you need to see this because, like... It's iconic, mm-hmm. and one of those was um, at the Academy Museum. They were doing a series of John Waters movies. Okay, was John Waters exhibit, and so I got to see Polyester in theaters. And for those who are unfamiliar, Polyester was in Smellovision. Oh, um, and they were able to give us like the actual scratch and sniff cards. Huh. Um, but in true John Waters fashion, the scratch and sniffs was like gasoline. Um, yeah, or like skunk. So, yeah, it was really good. Um, smells not so much, but I, yeah. at the, they did like a little intro and then they asked like the whole crowd, like, was this your favorite first, like, is this anyone's first John Waters movie? And the guy next to me like turned to me and was like, you're in for a treat. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And I did really enjoy it. So nice. Um, that would be my wild card. Would you recommend Smellovision to make a comeback in the year twenty twenty four? I would. Yeah. Um, I because everyone else I saw it with was like, yeah, I remember this from Spy Kids forty. I was gonna say like Spy Kids was the first thing that I was thinking of. <laughs> um, I did not get a chance to see that in theaters, but yeah, I think especially for someone like the bear or like something that is more well that's a tv show yeah but something that is a bit more pleasant smelling yeah um for polyester it was more for the gag like you knew like Uh oh i'm gonna have to snap to scratch this and it's gonna smell horrible Uh uh-huh yeah i think it could be used well for comedic effect too sure Sure. Well, there yeah. you have it. I mean, we got to bring smell vision back. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, that's a riot. Well, Hannah, thank you for joining me. And we will have that Percy Jackson episode sooner than you can say Olympian. So we will see you then. All right. All right. I'm here with Jacob. Uh, Jacob and I did an episode on The Exorcist Believer, a movie I've already forgotten about. That movie's not real. It didn't happen. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they're never going to make that trilogy, bro. The series is done. It's washed. It's I, over. I actually fully believe that they're going to cancel the sequel. Yeah, it, no one's interested. No one wants <laughs> it to happen. Um, I actually went to a Walmart the other day, and the 4K of Exorcist Believer was, like, completely stocked. Nobody was buying that. Nobody's no, buying like, it. No, yeah. it's, yeah. It's not happening. Um, I'm but, glad they damned that girl to hell, though. <laughs> <laughs> That was fire. That was fire. Um, <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, but anyway, um, so we were at the end of the year, and the people got to know. The people were clamoring. Uh, Jacob, what would you say your favorite movie of 2023 was? It's basic, but it's Oppenheimer. I, I, I just don't think that there's a movie that quite encapsulates what 2023 was to me, like Oppenheimer, and then... Uh, it's just, I don't know. I can't stop watching it. I can't stop watching it. I've seen it like 
six times. I haven't logged the last couple of times I've watched it because I've been like halfway watching it, but it's been on in the background far too much since I bought the 4K. The 4K um, looks glorious, by the way. I was like blown away. It's so good. It's so good. I can't, I like, I'm so glad I got in 4K. It looks so gorgeous on any TV. Like there's so much that I missed in theaters that was going on in the shot compositions because of just how like big it was. I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of like really, really tiny details in every single frame. It's been cool watching it like that. You I don't think, see, oh, sorry. Did you see it in 70 millimeter IMAX or? I didn't. It wasn't okay. anywhere near me because I was in back in North Carolina. That's tough. That's tough. And yeah, rough times. But I got to see it in digital IMAX. That's good. And it was absolutely glorious. Yeah. I saw, yeah. All four times I saw it in theater was an IMAX. I paid that money. <laughs> Listen, say what you want about Nolan, but the man is on fire. Um, Oppenheimer was some of his best work. I put it in his upper tier. Um, and that's saying a lot for somebody like old Chris. Um, oh, yeah. He, he knocked it out of the park. I was so impressed that a three hour half black and white, mostly comprised of men talking in rooms. It like it was a hit. Everyone went to go see it. Everyone was talking about it. Um yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Like my grandparents and my mom and dad like think it's incredible and they like don't see anything <laughs> and they saw it. Like so That's awesome. That's the power yeah. of movies right there, you know, brings people together. Oh um, yeah, it was awesome. That's so good. Amazing movie. Um, I completely agree. I think Oppenheimer's possibly my movie of the year as well. Um it's either that or Killers in the Flower Moon. I have no idea. Um, Same. Yeah, I like Killers is incredible. I could go off on for hours on Killers. Yes, please. Um, all right. So now you have a wild card. This can be someone you love, someone you hated, something underrated. Uh, Jacob, what do you got for me? Okay. This is hard. This is a hard choice. <laughs> I like, wanted to talk about two movies, uh, both starting with S's. And I'll, I'll I'll give you a hint. I think the first, <laughs> but the first one rhymes with the uh, yearn. <laughs> and I'm not gonna talk about that movie because I'm tired of getting made fun of for liking it. Sure, so, sure. Speak your truth, man. Speak your truth. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about Skinnamarink. Nice. Okay, I didn't see this, so tell me about this one. Yeah, Skinnamarink was a movie. This is a funny story. I actually genuinely walked out of it. Like, okay. I didn't finish it because I was getting so infuriated with what the movie was at the time. But mm-hmm. then I, like, like an idiot was like, oh, that's the point type of thing. But it literally, like, lulls you to sleep. And I was so wiped when I saw it. Mm-hmm. I was, like, absolutely, like, I was falling asleep as in the theater which i've never had happen before mm-hmm. and then i got woken up by like a loud noise and then i'd just be wide awake and i was getting like really angry about it and i was like that's the whole point it feels like and then on rewatch and i've rewatched it twice now and i wanted to rewatch it again before the end of the year because i think it's probably among my favorite of the year now sure. but it's just like a perfect representation of like whenever you wake up in the middle of the night as a kid and you hear that random noise in the corner of your room and you can't really see what it is but you think there's a figure there for a second and it's like that for like an hour and 45 minutes and it's absolutely (laughs) horrifying sure 
but I will, I, I, as I said, I will admit, like, it's really, really hard to buy into. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something not for people who are just interested in film or movies. I think it has to be, you have to be somebody who like likes all types of art forms. Cause it is genuinely the only movie of the year that I can say is like more of an art piece than like an actual movie. Cause it breaks every rule possible basically. Yeah. I was going to say it like, from what I know about it, it seemed to not cave to any kind of formal structure. Like it's very, you know, like the camera will just stay in one place at one time. Like it's very much like you don't know what you're looking at when you're looking at it. Um, which sounds fascinating. Like I, you know, I'd heard experiences of everyone who went to go see it. I didn't check it out in theaters because I was like, I don't know if it's for me. I do plan on watching it at some point, um, just mm-hmm. to get the experience of it. But uh, yeah. it was still a hit. That was the crazy thing. Is that people? Oh yeah, were, which I was know. very hyped of, and yeah. I was glad I paid for it. Like it just wasn't for me the first time, and sure. then I grew to love it somehow. But yeah, it, like you said, it's like 90% of the film, I believe, I haven't watched it since October, but it's like walls. Like it's 90% of the movie is just walls. Like yeah. just like off kiltered, weird angled <laughs> photos of walls, basically. And then like, or like an empty darkness hallway, basically for like 30 to 45 seconds straight. And then suddenly like you'll see a face and you're like oh how long has that been there like it's <laughs> it's it's great it's a really i think you have to watch it sleep deprived like like genuinely like you have to watch it like screen at night at like one in the morning and hear that horrific voice going in this house and then and then it'll get stuck in your head like i was just repeating it like all year <laughs> since february when i saw it and i was like yeah in this house <laughs> yeah so I, yeah that one's definitely a wild card i i love bolt urine but too many people talk about it on twitter now i'm tired of all these stupid think pieces i just don't want to hear about it anymore <laughs> i love that i love that um that's uh, well thanks for the picks jacob uh always a pleasure we'll have you back on the pod in the new year at some point um yeah you. all right i'm here with lk lk and i did a five nights at freddy's deep dive into all the lore um and you know it's been some time now and i think i can safely say uh that the movie still sucks uh <laughs> unfortunately I'm not, I, i've not changed my mind i think that movie was bad um <laughs> Sorry to all the Five Nights at Freddy's fans out there, but uh, yeah, I, it didn't impress me. However, they might be making a sequel, so you know we'll be sure to. Hopefully, that's better than the first we'll one. We'll update you. We'll give <laughs> every single movie you could expect to hear our reviews. That's right. That's right. The real view will never end. We'll just keep going as long as there are Five Nights at Freddy's movies. There will be this podcast that is written mm-hmm. in stone. It's in the Bible. Actually, look it up. Um. Yeah, it is. Yeah, speaking of the end of times, uh, it is the end of the year. And, you know, uh, LK, the people are clamoring, the people want to know. Uh, what was your favorite movie in, uh, of 2023? Well, seeing as this is the last year, this is the end of time. That's right. Um, this <laughs> was actually, yeah, this is actually a really hard pick for me because, like, honestly, there are a lot of good movies that came out this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like in years past, like, it was, like, kind of it was like okay well there's like one movie that's obviously going to be the pick mm-hmm. but like this was i was looking up 
IMDb movies to jog my memory. And then inevitably came across like movies that I knew I was going to find on there. But mm-hmm. there were so many. Like, I loved, like, I sadly, my like runner up is going to be like Elemental. I know people didn't, didn't like that movie a lot, but I loved it. It was so good. Anyways, <laughs> there was just a lot of good movies that came out this year. And it was like fun. It was a fun year for movies, I would say. Nice. But my, it's my top pick and then my wild card. Correct. Right? That's how it goes. Okay. Yeah. So favorite movie and then your wild card. And I, I, okay. I gotta know. I gotta know why for each of them as well. So. What if I just don't want to tell you why? Then this will be a very quick podcast episode for you, and also your last. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was what you're all waiting for, and go home. See you later, folks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My favorite. Okay. Well, I'm gonna cheat the system it's kind of a it's a two-way tie between okay. asteroid city and barbie okay um very good picks is what i was assuming you were gonna say no so i i enjoyed like, hey, i, I said those very excellent. good picks um, <laughs> but i just think barbie is literally like i was watching in the theaters and i was like this is history and the make like this is a historic movie to me mm-hmm. not just for like like glitter pop feminism like this is the best like i love it so much but also just because like i just love that type of movie making especially that like greta gorig does it's Mm -hmm. so beautiful i love her directing and asteroid city again you'll see that i really love like fun like picks are my favorite for the the top ones Mm -hmm. is like i really loved asteroid city because it was like it had a bit of seriousness to it, but it also had that like upbeat pace that mm-hmm. like Wes Anderson always does in his movies. I thought it was really beautiful. I think his the the type of color correction that he does in his movies worked really well for like yeah. a desert. Um, I just thought it was lovely. I thought it was so cute, and I loved the little alien in it. Yeah, no, I the just... alien just the best little guy. I was like, I, I know. love him. He was so cute. He showed up. And my first thought was like, he's just a little guy. He's like, just my buddy. <laughs> he's my just friend. a little buddy. I was like, give him whatever you want. Yeah, it's exactly. Fine. exactly. It was so weird because I was watching it and I was like, this is like, um, oh, what's the big Bob movie? <laughs> Oppenheimer? <laughs> yeah, Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> the big Bob. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. The- it, it reminded me of like this is like a weird like subplot of Oppenheimer sure, that we didn't sure. get to there's, see like this was similarity. happening yeah yeah, yeah yeah like this is what was happening in the other side of the desert <laughs> but I thought it was funny I was like this is really it's it's fitting that these two came out at the same time sure um, yeah no I thought Asteroid City was like quite lovely um it took me like two watches to like get a hold of what it was saying um because the first time I think I was just trying. You know how sometimes you're trying too hard to, like, figure out what it's about? Um, yeah. And then sometimes you're, like, you're just looking in the wrong direction. That was kind of me with Asteroid City on my first watch. And the second watch, it clicked. And I realized uh, the movie's actually about not having a point. It's very much like, listen, sometimes there is no greater meaning to things. Um, you just need to tell the story. And I, I, I exactly. actually found that kind of lovely. Um, uh, and then Barbie, I mean... I, I thought Barbie was a riot. Um, maybe the hardest I've laughed all year. Um, I, I, I've said this before. I might I'm say it again. Um, 
Ryan Gosling's performance as Ken, I think, is my favorite performance of the year. I, I just thought he was tremendous. Um, oh my god, 100%. The sublime yeah. line sublime? will go down in history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm really hoping exactly. he wins the Oscar. That's my guy right there. So. Um, oh my god, I have not even looked at that, but sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so now you have a wild card pick. This is going to be something you love, something you hated, maybe something underrated. Okay, what do you got? Oh my god, okay, well... This doesn't fall into either of those three that you just said, but maybe it's the one that made my jaw drop to the floor the most. How about that? Yeah, that's fine. Listen, it's oh. whatever you want it to be. It's whatever you want it to be. Bro, Saltburn. Have you seen it? Saltburn. Yeah, salt yeah. Oh my God. I watched it two days ago. And uh-huh. when I tell you my jaw dropped to the floor, yeah. the rest of the day, all I did that entire day was go, oh my God, that movie. Uh huh. Oh, that movie. Yeah. And it, my, not, my it, sister came home. I was, okay, let me tell you how silly I was. I got up uh, in the morning. I don't want to say how late because people are going to judge me. And I was like, mm, my morning coffee. You. Oh, shut up. But I sat down with my little morning coffee and I said, you know what I'm going to do this fine morning? I'm going to start the movie Silver. Nice, nice. And my family got up and was walking around. Oh, and I was like, this is a really bad idea. So I paused and I watched smart, it later. Smart. Um, which is actually a lie. I would just pause when they would walk out and I just press play when they walked <laughs> back to their room. And it was really bad when they walked back out again because yeah. they walked out during the worst scenes ever. Nice. But it's crazy. We can't even talk about it because of how crazy. Like the I mean, obviously people know the infamous bathtub scene. That was crazy. Um, <laughs> It was crazy. I don't think people are, I saw a TikTok on it, which made me feel very uh, you know, validated. Mm. But I thought what the most genius part of the entire film was was the the lunch that they sure. eat right yeah. after it happens and especially when the curtains close and it's all drenched in yeah, red. red. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that was so uncomfortable. Yeah. And so well done. And like, I don't know how much I can say on this podcast. Like, it was all him. <laughs> I, that's I, all i'll say that's yeah. crazy <laughs> I, I i here's my thing I, I i don't know if the movie works or not like i i'm i was kind of just like blown away that i that like what i saw on screen actually happened that was kind mm-hmm. of my reaction i'm like i can't believe they got away with this um you know is it good i i, I really don't know I, I i don't know what it's saying by the end of it but you know i had a good time i thought it was kind of silly um, I giggled Personally, a couple times. I thought it was very. I thought I thought it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. I also was like, "Does this work? Does this make sense?" Yeah, which kind of is. I feel like the point of it. You're sure. not really supposed to ever know what his motivation is. Right, right. And so, like, because of that, it kind of does work. There is parts of it where I'm like, you just had a full nudity contract and went with it like you know um but like Listen, barry keegan dancing to murder on the dance floor completely in the nude one of the best sequences of the year all right i'm it not it was crazy i was like that's my guy right there all right no literally i was like oh we see his butt and then it wasn't just that that's right it, <laughs> it kept was crazy going. Yeah. it kept going but it, i mean jacob Valordi, this is his year what man. a guy like, yeah no he yeah. he oh my gosh he was great in this movie but it was like First of all, fantastic cast. But it was just like, I don't know. I feel like I'm also such a sucker for a little bit of like talking head cutbacks. Yeah. I don't know. It was a crazy movie. So that's my wild card pick because it was the wildest card to pick. Like, in my opinion. 
I love it that. It was crazy, bro. Great answers for both. Um, you've never, Thank you. you. You haven't let us down so far. Um, <laughs> I've at least been entertaining. Not exactly accurate. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, this is what we want. This is the energy that I'm looking for in the end of the year. Yeah. Um, if you stay till the end of this, I applaud you, dear friend. Exactly. Exactly. They have. They. Sh- I'm, I, I hope. Please. Sure. <laughs> Please. Put it, um, on t- put it on two point speed. Exactly. Exactly. Um. But yeah, well, awesome. Okay, thank you for doing this with me. Uh, we'll be sure to have you on a pod in the new year, as always. 100%. You can see me either, or you can listen to me either when the new Five Nights at Freddy's movie comes out, or Blaine lets me on the podcast again. That's I'm right. knocking at the door, and I will never stop. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot <laughs> hide. You cannot run. <laughs> Let me here. in. Let me into your podcast studio. <laughs> That's amazing. Um. Awesome. All right. That's all. All right, and that'll do it. This episode draws to a close. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, it's been a good year for the pod. Uh, a lot of great episodes. Uh, some of my favorite that I've recorded came out uh, this past year. Um, thank you all for sticking with it. Um, yeah, I think next year's going to be fun. We got a lot of stuff to look forward to. A lot of good guests, a lot of good uh, podcast ideas I got rattling around. So we'll have fun with it. Um, but we'll see you all in the new year. Uh, the review podcast is found anywhere where your podcasts are found. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you find your podcasts, we're there. And we will see you guys in the next one. See ya.